local across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's six o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, criticism of new parking charges in central Milton Keynes, 11 men to stand trial charged with child sex abuse in Aylesbury and Cameron to outline plans for seven-day NHS. BBC Three Counties Radio. New parking charges come into force in central Milton Keynes today. Centre workers have criticised a rise in the cost of employee permits of almost £100 a year. Shoppers face a rise from £1.40 to £2 an hour in the premium. Bays. More from Tony Fisher. Some workers say they'll have to think hard about whether they'll be able to afford to come into the new city to work. As for shoppers, they'll have to pay 25% more per hour in standard bays and over 40% more per hour in premium bays. The council says it's providing most of what the public wanted in terms of parking, but ultimately it wants to encourage people to choose other forms of transport to travel into town. Eleven men are due to stand trial at the Old Bailey today, accused of child sex abuse in Aylesbury. The men face a number of different charges, including child prostitution and rape. Police in Milton Keynes have discovered a man's body after searching a house where two men were arrested in connection with a burglary. Officers were called to Neepland in Bean Hill at 3pm on Saturday. A 55-year-old man was arrested on suspicion of possessing a firearm and a 22-year-old on suspicion of burglary and theft. About three hours later, during a police search, the body of a man in his 40s was found. Police say his death is unexplained but not suspicious. David Cameron will today use his first major speech since the election to underline government plans to expand seven-day services in the NHS. He'll say the move will protect and preserve the values of the NHS. Doctors' leaders have accused the government of empty headline grabbing. Here's Jane Draper. Mr Cameron believes the NHS has the potential to become the first true seven-day health service in the world, providing more GP appointments outside normal working hours and boosting hospital consultant cover at weekends. The Conservatives have already promised the NHS in England £8 billion a year in extra funding by 2020. But the British Medical Association describes this money as the bare minimum needed to stand still. Doctors' leaders say there is already a chronic shortage of GPs and hospital doctors, particularly in emergency medicine. Police are appealing for witnesses after a nine-year-old boy was seriously injured in a road collision in Hemel Hempstead on Saturday afternoon. It happened on Redbourne Road next to the Maylands Industrial Park just before 10 to 2. The boy was in collision with a grey Kia car and suffered serious head injuries. He was airlifted to a London hospital. Talks aimed at averting a strike by thousands of network rail workers over the bank holiday will be held at the conciliation service today. The RMT union is planning a 24-hour walkout from next Monday evening. Over 30 firefighters were called to a blaze which damaged several gardens and outbuildings in Welling Garden City yesterday afternoon. They were called to the drive just after three o'clock. In sport, in yesterday's Premier League matches, Manchester United and Arsenal drew one all at Old Trafford. Manchester City won 4-2 at Swansea. Tonight, champions Chelsea visit West Brom. The weather rained this morning, which will clear this afternoon to leave some sunny spells, a maximum temperature 15 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties.
morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up on the show, shock horror, parking charges have gone up in Milton Keynes. Sweet Lord, yes, it's happened. Yes, and why And why some people might think, ah, who gives us stuff? It's our lead story, guys. Whoop-de-doo. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties it's, Radio. It's, um, do you know what? I've got a cop on with everyone today. Oh, really? Who's been, whoever what have I done? I don't know if the, I didn't know the radio station still worked at the weekend, but whoever does comes in and really dicks around with the studio and makes it so I can't do anything. And now we've got no songs queued up. We're doing a boring story about parking charges. But we'll make it fun. Um, like this. Parking problems, call me now. 08459 four double five five double five. I mean, we'll, we'll do it, and we'll do it well, because that's what we do here at the BBC. Professionals. But it's in, it, I'm flipping out in the great scheme of things. What I need is a little bit of this. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I can't get this bloody computer to work as well. Oh. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Oh, no, none of Do you want me to get my tap shoes? No, I don't. No, none of these bloody songs work either. Hang on a minute. Um... um none of these songs work. Why is that going on? Let's... Oh, now, now we're... Oh, flipping it. Fair play. It's all right, that, no one's noticed. That it's last fine. show sucked the life out of radio. Um, right. Oh, flipping it. Um... What's uh, what's this? Hang on a minute. Oh, dear me. Uh, oh, I, I see what. Oh. Have you not got any in your hotkeys? No, nothing that. Oh, blimey. Hang on. Hang on. None of these songs work. What's going on? Can't access the sound file. Flipping heck. Oh, we have to have bloody Tavares. No, we're not. We're having this. Floating in the river with a saturated liver And I wish I could forgive her But I do believe she meant it when she told me to forget it And I bet you will forget it when they find me in the morning Wet and drowned And the wood gets round I'm going down I'm going down I'm coming up for air, it's pretty stuff under there I'd like to say I didn't care But I forgot to leave a note And it's a hot to Floating soaking wet without a boat And I knew I should have taken off my shoes It's front page news Going down See the way to shop. I don't want no 
better thank you kelly that's better now we're in the mood now we're in the mood i mean really quite vigorous this one isn't it he's um on on drugs actually he'll finish in a minute peter's out of it Oh. Tricky one, though, isn't it? Yep. Well, you started. Where, where do you go from there? You started. Where did you go? People who shop and work in Milton Keynes uh, will have to pay even more to park from today. The cost of employee permits is going up almost £100 a year and could rise further still. Shoppers will have to pay 25% uh, more per hour in standard bays and over 40% more per hour in premium bays. Catherine, you've got more on this. What are workers saying? Well, worker Sharon Boyd spoke up for 2,500 of her colleagues at the Home Retail Group in Milton Keynes before councillors at a meeting in February. She currently pays £360 a year for her employee permit and her husband who works at Network Rail plays, pays the same so it's a vast amount from, from in their income. She says this will be a double whammy for her family with the increases. They'll be paying over £1,000 a year for parking compared to £700. Sharon says that they've had some very real conversations about one or both of them having to change jobs as a result. Now she says she's personally collected 1,500 letters from colleagues. Most of them, she said, bit her hand off to sign the letter Flipping asking heck. for our employee permits and parking prices not to be increased. Mm. Now the council says employee permits, including ring go and scratch cards, which will mean go. something if you have to get one, will increase from one pound sixty per day to three, uh, which is three hundred and sixty pounds per year, to two pounds a day or four hundred and fifty pounds a year. So it's ninety quid a year. According to Tory councillor who was formerly in charge of transport in the uh, area, John Bint says the increase for business users over the three years will amount to 87%. Uh, and what about businesses? Melanie Beck chairs the Milton Keynes Centre Management representing... 40- By the way, can I just say, £450 per year parking, 
that's still, you know, you compare it to other parts of the country, that's still pretty good. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Well, M- Melanie Beck from the Milton Keynes Centre Management, uh, who represents 40,000 employees, says it's ju- it's not fair market traders pay half of what employees pay per month, just over £18 compared to 37 for employees. She says it's not right that a working mum working at, say, Santander has to pay twice as much as a trader. And the reason, she says, is because the market's effectively run by the council, hence a special rate. Melanie says this will do nothing to encourage people back into work and is also concerned what effect the increased parking will have on shopping uh, and, uh, and overall trade. What about shoppers? What difference are those guys going to find? Well, parking charges will increase from £40 per hour to 50 No, 40, pe- 40 pence, pence per hour to yeah, 50... Not. That's right, guys. We're reporting an increase of 10 pence per hour on parking. Well, that's in a standard bay. 40 pence per hour to 50 pence per hour. Have you got an extra 10 pence? You couldn't lend me 10 pence, could you? The parking... Thank you very much. That's that sorted. Next. Premium red tariff ones will increase, though, from £1.40 to £2 an hour. Fair play. Charges will also apply on bank holidays, including 25th of May 2015 which I think is a bank holiday, is that right? That is right, we're working so, it. Bank we're holidays, here. including a bank holiday. This guy. Out of 2,100 spaces the council controls, they'll be creating just over 100 family-friendly standard rate spaces reserved. Family-friendly and people who don't want to pay a massive whack for their parking. Massive whack. That's uh, my nickname you, at school. For use... No, it wasn't. For nine... nine oh... Anyway, oh, wow. they're for use after 9.15, yeah. those with childcare commitments. Focus. There'll also be 81 shop-and-go spaces, giving three hours free parking. I hope someone's writing this down. Beautiful. Now, according to John Bint, who, of course, isn't in the job anymore, but was, the increase to red and standard bays will reduce numbers of shoppers by 10%, according to independent research provided to Cabinet. And uh, the council, what are those guys saying? They say they're committed to creating up to 2,000 additional employee parking spaces, with uh, 1,000 of those being marked for implementation within the current financial year. Councillor Matt Clifton, Cabinet Member with Responsibility for Parking, said the public spoke to us loud and clear about what they wanted to see implemented in CMK for parking, and I'm pleased to say we've been able to accommodate much of this. The issue with parking in CMK is one of uh, supply and demand. In the long term, more and more parking spaces are not the answer, and we encourage people to choose sustainable transport to travel into the city centre and utilise our public transport and redways more. Alternatively, uh, shoppers, you go and park at Kingston for free, and it's got all most of the shops. As someone anyway. who regularly parks in London and I outside said that, of Keynes, 50 pence an hour, flipping it, that's nothing. That's nothing. Hey, David Crosby retweeted me. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Starting with the trains on London Midland, they're reporting some possible delays and short notice cancellations between Watford Junction and London Euston because there's a problem with the overhead lines. Looking at the motorways on the, on the cameras, it's still looking very quiet so far this morning. And in Buck, in Buckinghamshire on High, in High Wycombe, A404 Marlow Hill is temporary traffic lights just before Marlow Road near the Leisure Centre, so that could cause some delays as well. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy. Yes. Have, this is the question for the first hour. Have you, the rabbit uh, hole hour. Sorry? The rabbit hole hour. Yes. Oh, you know about it. Oh, yes. Who told Sammy? I told you to keep it a secret you, from Sammy Bruff. You mentioned it. You told me. No, I did, did I? You told everybody. I was so me. drunk that night, Sammy, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay. but still, what a good night, wasn't it? Don't we have a laugh? Uh-huh. Have you ever pushed the button that you'd wish you'd never pushed? Oh, yeah. Go on. Oh... I'm gonna. Oh, I don't know though. You just said that um, to sound cool, didn't this you? This one. You, this one to speak to you. No, <gasps> really, that's not very nice, is it? Oh, sorry. I don't mean that. I don't mean it. I don't mean it. No. That's a bush and I wish Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I just push that button to get rid of Sammy Bruff. Unbelievable. 
ever pushed a button you wish you'd never pushed? 08459 455555. 81333. Start your text 3CR. We'll open the texts in a minute. 6.16. It is uh, Monday the 18th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. New parking charges come into force in central Milton Keynes today with shoppers paying £2 an hour in the premium bays. Blimey. 11 men are due to stand trial at the Old Bailey today, accused of child sex abuse in Aylesbury. And David Cat, I would suggest that that story was perhaps more important than the parking charges. Oh, and David Cameron's going to bang on BBC about something. Three Counties Radio. If you've missed any of the programmes here on BBC Three Counties Radio, you've missed things like this. Did the drugs in his mouth kill him? No, it, they didn't. Okay. And, you know, Did they play a part in his death? Toxic... He had four glasses of champagne, two bottles of wine, four cocktails. What's two French? I have a feeling it was a cocktail as well. But there is a way you can hear it all again. And Renata Blower, you have just allowed the first ever nurse to be funded for Great Ormond Street who will deal specifically with children who have undiagnosed conditions. bbc.co.uk slash three counties radio. Well, the police and crime commissioner for Bev Jolly Martins joins me in the studio. Were you wrong to go ahead with this referendum? But what was the alternative? As I've said, I was not, that was not a situation that I was prepared to just sit there and do nothing about. Allowing you to listen to what you missed. What you missed. BBC.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio. Oh, um, oh, none of the buttons are working. Who cares? So, here's the thing, OK? Uh, ever push the button that you wish you'd never pushed? 08459 555555. So they were auctioning online, live from New York City, some stuff uh, that belonged to Davy Jones of the Monkees. I don't know if I've mentioned it. I quite like the Monkees, yeah. right? You mentioned the auction too. And I put a couple of bids on some things, but they, those things, they they went. They, they were, the, you know, the, the prices were crazy prices, okay? Morning, Kelly, by the way. Oh, good morning. They were crazy prices. What uh, are we talking like? Oh, well, I put a bid on a jacket that he wore in an episode of The Brady Bunch. I put a bid on of $2,000. It went for $17,000. Crazy prices. Anyway, I had a couple of other bids on it for a couple of hundred dollars, and they all went. Um, and then I thought, well, oh, it's, it's, it's streaming live. Okay, I'll watch it. You can watch it live. It's brilliant. So I was watching the auction going on live in New York. And it made me feel a bit sad because I kind of missed Davey and, I, you know, and all this stuff was going on. And some of the stuff was quite interesting and some of the stuff was a bit rubbish. And a bit. And the prices, they were just going for like hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars in, in a lot of cases. And then a driving licence came up and I was watching this and it's all... I don't know if you've ever seen an online auction that isn't eBay, like a live auction from an auction house. Um, morning, Just. Good morning, boss. I've just turned out a button I pressed. I wish I hadn't. Oh. So I was watching. I was watching this auction of Davy Jones stuff live in New York, and the screen. It's a really complicated screen because there's like video feed, and it's it goes. It's all going so quickly. You know, something comes up for sale. Boom, 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 boom. Eleven thousand dollars. Boom, 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 boom. Seven hundred dollars. Well, I remember you quite fancied this driving license. No, I fancied another driving oh, license. Right. The, the one I fancied had gone up to eight hundred dollars. I was at. I'm not, I'm not spending eight hundred dollars on a driving license. But then there's this other driving licence that comes up and it's a bit tatty. And I had a bit of $200 and it went. And it's going up and up and up and up and it gets to, to $450 and there's all these lights flashing just and it's very confusing. Yeah, yeah, sounds it, yeah. All these lights are flashing and this thing is talking. I've got the kids in the room and they're watching a film and I'm, I don't want my wife to know I'm looking at this online and it just, you know, and, it, and I, I, just, I just hit a button. Hmm. Suddenly I've bid $500. Hey. I'm going off oh, flipping heck. Oh. And I didn't know I'd bid a... B- it said, 
Um, bid 500, bid 500, right? Mm. And I thought you'd have to type in 500. So I was just, like, messing around with the mouse, as you do when you're bored. On the, you, you just mess around with the mouse. And I messed around and I clicked a button. <gasps> and it went up, it said, you said, your bid is, your bid is in the lead. I was like, what? My what? Your bid is in the lead, $500, for this really tatty driving licence. I'm thinking, oh, don't worry. Someone's, I've won it! Oh, no. And I'd won it. And I was thinking, oh, Flipping it, I've won it. I'm sitting there, and I don't want my wife to know I'm doing this, and I'm sat there going, oh. And, um, How did you contain your panic? Well, I, <laughs> I swallowed it. I, I swallowed my panic. <laughs> and uh, so I, I won it, Justin. Mm. And then it flashed up on my screen, you owe $660. I was going, well, hang on a minute. I've won something for 500 28% um, uh, buyer's fee. Yowch! off, mate. And, and then it says, and then it says, then check our store for postage. I'm thinking, oh, for cr- this is going to be like $800. This is going to be nearly $1,000, Justin, for a tatty driving licence. And I'm there going, oh, for... Cr-. And my wife's going, are you all right? I said, yeah, no, fine. Just just watching this on... on oh, jeez. And then I'm, I start messaging someone. <laughs> Woman. Why are you crying? Oh, it's really sad. I messaged some woman on Facebook who the same thing had just happened to her. Her dog had jumped on the computer <laughs> and she'd spent $600 on a load of rubbish. Had anyone made a real bid or was it <laughs> And so I'm there with this woman um, uh, and we're going, well, what do we do? Well, I don't know. How... And I'm going through all of the terms and conditions to, to work out how I can re- retract a bid. And I'm, I've got great visions, Justin. It's legally binding. It's legally binding. It I know, is. and I've got visions. I'm thinking I can do a runner, right? They've not. They've only got my old bank details because of thanks to the the people cloning the card. They've not got the new card details, okay? Because yeah, yeah. I've changed cards since I registered, and I, all of this stuff. And I'm thinking, well, the, uh, um, uh, I can I cannot pay. But then I've got visions of, of going to America, and you get to customs, and they go, and your name kind of flashes up on a list, and a red light starts flashing, and they they pull you off in a room, and I'm thinking that they do that in the states, yeah. and I'm. <laughs> thinking this is awful so i sent an email i'm frantically emailing the auction house and i've never written so i've never written such pathetic emails in my life right (laughs) and i'm writing i'm so sorry i'm uh um, (laughs) a plum (laughs) i'm writing yeah i I said look i'm I'm really sorry my three i blamed it on the youngest blame the child yeah my three-year-old son was i went to the toilet i've not been very well recently and my three i came back and i found out my three-year-old son had hit the button and uh, put a bid in and and, you know and and things are really tough at the moment for us financially and we're really struggling and um you know it's been a really tough year and i just i can't afford the 660 dollars plus postage my goodness all you needed was a coldplay soundtrack oh man alive exactly it's all going on and um then, then they, they sent out all these emails, and an hour later they wrote back going, well, it's legally binding. You asked the $660. And I'm going, no, 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 you don't understand. You know, I've, I'm pleased to God, I'm glad they didn't Google me. Uh, I've not really been working much this year, and <laughs> things are tough at home, and, um, uh, you know, my youngest son has been in hospital. And wow. He was in hospital a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a couple, it's not a couple of years lie, ago. No, it's it? not a lie. I've got an idea. Yes? Why don't you sell it? Because what mug is going to pay $660 for that rubbish? That guy. <laughs> this guy. I'll buy it off me for a 1000 Anyway, so I got to the point where the woman wrote back going, look, it's legally binding. And I said, look, I'll, I'll, pay, I'll t- pay 10%, $66. I'll pay, I'll pay that. You missed out the bit where you said, I am begging you. Oh, I did right, yeah, Justin. I wrote, I'm begging. I wrote, I'm begging you. No I man beg should you. ever beg. No man should ever... Ever bet, and I'm begging, right? And then she wrote back. This woman wrote back. She said, "Look, it's legally binding, but um, uh, you, if you pay the 28% uh, buyer's fee, then we'll let you off 140 dollars for nothing." 
for nothing. And I thought, I'm in here. Hang on a second. I'm going to push this. And I said, look, that's great, but um, how about if I just give you $100? And she goes, no, no, no. $140 is legally binding. And I said, look, I, I, this, I'm desperate here. I'm, I really am begging. It's been, it's been a tough time. My, my mum's very poorly. Wow. Um, and my dad died recently. Uh, it was two years ago. He, he did die recently. It was very traumatic. The rabbit doesn't that, respect me. You should uh, have said that. My rabbit doesn't respect me. The rabbit me. doesn't respect me. The cat's not got long to go. I really don't, I don't get on with anybody. I don't get on with anybody that I work with. Oh. Apart from Kelly. Thanks. Um, but even she can be quite annoying. And then this morning, Justin, I got this email from the auction house. Hello, Ian. We will accept the $100. Thank you. Please send us payment details. And people, what have you done today? <laughs> so, I've got, so basically, I'm paying £67, Justin, for absolutely nothing. Uh, but I could have been paying over $700 for, uh, for a load of old yeah, rubbish. Hang on a second. We could have had breakfast out for a whole month for that. And you've got nothing. Yeah, you've yeah. been crying poverty all like. Well, I, I am poor. Listen, my dad died recently. My little boy's been in hospital. My rabbit doesn't respect me. <laughs> Here we go. Ever, um, uh, ever uh, push the button that you wish you hadn't pushed, and ever had to beg. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. While I gave you love, you know it. So when did you ungrow it? Inside that you would find.
Hansen, man. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's starting to build up on the M25 anti-clockwise from Junction 21 for the M1 to 19 for Watford. And in Borehamwood on the A1, it's also starting to build up southbound from the Holiday Inn towards the Stirling Corner. In Brickettwood on the North Orbital Road on the M25 Junction 21A roundabout, that's looking busy. And on the trains, London Midland and Virgin Trains West Coast reporting delays southbound from Watford Junction towards London Euston. That's because of overhead line problems at South Hampstead. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. New parking charges come into force in central Milton Keynes today with shoppers paying £2 an hour in the premium base. Centre workers have criticised a rise in the cost of employee permits of almost £100 a year. Eleven men are due to stand trial at the Old Bailey today, accused of child sex abuse in Aylesbury. Police are appealing for witnesses after a nine-year-old boy was seriously injured in a road collision in Hemel Hempstead on Saturday afternoon. And David Cameron will today underline government plans to expand Expand seven-day services in the NHS. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. In yesterday's Premier League matches, Manchester United and Arsenal drew one all at Old Trafford. United keeper David De Gea went off injured, prompting speculation he may have played his final game before a rumoured summer move to Real Madrid. Manager Louis van Aal says De Gea must decide where he wants to play next season. He has to choose, and it is not so easy to choose between uh, two big clubs. And he is uh, Spanish, his girlfriend is also Spanish, so we, we would be very happy when he stays. And you believe he will? You never know. Manchester City won 4-2 at Swansea to guarantee a top three finish, but manager Manuel Pellegrini says they've fallen below expectations. No, a very positive season is not because if we don't win a title, it's not a good season. But I think uh, that if you are not the champion of the Premier League, you must try to be as near the top of the table as you can. It's better to be second than to be third or to be fourth. It's different if you qualify for champion, if you don't qualify. So I said it was not a good season, but it was not a disaster. Tonight, champions Chelsea visit West Brom. Bristol Rovers beat Grimsby on penalties to win the conference playoff final at Wembley. Former Luton player Lee Mansell scored the winning spot kick as Rovers secured an immediate return to the Football League. In athletics, Milton Keynes long jumper Greg Rutherford was seventh in yesterday's Diamond League meeting in Shanghai. And in Speedway's knockout cup, Rye House beat Workington 60-30 yesterday, sending the Hertfordshire side through 99-81 on aggregate. BBC Three Counties News and sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. When have you begged? Um, um, do you, what button do you wish you'd never pushed, Jim? I wish you'd never pushed this button, the send button. Why don't you do us all a favour and resign and let Kelly take over? I'm busy. Yeah, she's busy. You sound funny as well. It's weird, isn't it? Someone's messed around with the studio. And then you go back to uh, to Jim's other texts, or Dave, depends on which names he, he uses. Ian, did you say your contract runs out in September? With, with luck, they will get rid of you and let Kelly take over. Busy. Uh, Kath, please tell Big Gob Lee not to inter... OK. Uh, uh, what a brainy man is, Ian Lee. For three hours every day, he talks verbal diarrhoea and the BBC pay him for that. Well, he's obviously listening all the time. And furious. And there's one here... 
Um, hi, about two weeks ago, I woke up with a pain on my left side. It feels like I've been punched in my side. It only hurts when I turn a certain way. Doctor said I must have pulled a muscle. What do you think? Uh, he uses the name Dave there. Dave, I think you just better keep your eyes open when you're asleep, mate. Otherwise, you get another one of them. Do you know what I'm saying? All threats. Do you know what I'm saying? It wasn't a threat, unless he feels threatened. Do you feel threatened, Jim? Dave? <laughs> Dave, Jim, what have you got in the papers, Catherine? I'll tell you what I've got in the papers. Katarina. Page seven of the Katarina day. Katarina Boyle from Russia. Katarina Boyle from Russia will crush you to death with her legs. Put your head between your legs and she will crush you to death like the big dog that you are. How do you know about my methods? Mm-hmm. I, saw the, um, I saw the advert on the internet. Oh, Good, it's reaching. Daily Mirror, page seven. Good morning, Daily Mirror, page seven. Kylie Minogue is a liar. Whoa, guys, well, hang it on say a that. second. It says, Kylie Minogue says, I don't mind bald, grey hair or even a bit of a paunch. Oh. Says the woman who's dated a string of, They're like, so... male models. The thing is, who, who, what, what, ordinary guy, what ordinary guy can afford a paunch? They're so expensive. It's like £100,000, isn't it? I don't know. Everyone's got one these days, haven't they? I haven't. I've got a polo. <laughs> Oh. Carry on the story. No, that's it. Kylie Minogue okay. reckoning that she'd go out with someone who wasn't dead fit. Okay. I don't think she would. Let's just stop the show for a second. Rewind. Go on. Rewind. Hang on a minute. I can do this. I've been practicing over the weekend. So, break, break, uh, beatboxing. Yeah. Break, I, ba- break back. I know the sort. Break back, bouncing. Mm. So, I've got a boil on the back of my neck. What? Yeah, or something. Get off him. Uh-huh. I'll crush you with my legs! I've got like a big... Can you have a look at the back of my neck? Oh, yeah. Have a look. It's just a zit. Can you squeeze it? It's not got a head on it yet. Oh, I've been trying to squeeze... Well, it has, it's this. <laughs> I've been... Just leave it alone. I've been trying to squeeze it all weekend. You know what you want to do with that? It's going to make such a good sound. As with any ailment... Yeah? Put some savlon on it and don't pick it. No, I don't want it to... I don't want it to go. I don't want to waste this opportunity to go... It's not... But it's not, there's nothing there. Here's the thing, right, guys, and this is, this is gross, but do you know what? I just don't care. Oh, here we go. Is there a, this is better than sex, drunks, better than anything. Having someone squeeze a really big spot on your back. No, but you have to be able to see it. No, no, don't need to see it. You need to be able to feel it. Oh, it's there. It's a big one. Can't quite reach it. Could someone squeeze it for me? You know that, isn't that? Isn't it? I'm right, Anna Kills. I've, that's never happened. Better than what? That's never happened to me. In my Excuse life. me? No, I haven't had a spot on my back. Whoa, guys, my back's covered in them. Why? Wow, what erotic. are you doing? Well, I'm not washing. But <laughs> <laughs> it would appear. Blimey. What, you like the gruffalo? Something like that. Don't be silly. Everyone knows the gruffalo doesn't exist.
What buttons have you pressed that you wish you hadn't? After I spent, well, it would have been a minimum of $660 this weekend. I've managed to get out of it, but I hit the green flash. It was flashing. It was a green flashing thing. And I, I mean, how could I not hit that? We all know what you do with flashing. <laughs> and suddenly I was spending a load of money. Um, and uh, when have you begged? When have you begged? Keith says, and he sent me a picture of this, I paid £98 for this BMX frame just clicking on eBay to see what the highest bid was. Oh. Total waste of money, yeah. And it is, it's just the frame of a BMX. There's no seat, there are no wheels, and indeed there is no steering mechanism to uh, make that thing go anywhere at all. 08459 555. You can text 81333, start your text 3CR. What else you got in the papers? Well, you know, this poor widow, um, the poppy seller that everyone's talking about saying that she was... Was, uh, hounded. I mean, some people are saying she was hounded to her death. By some people are saying that the, 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 the charities have blood on their hands. Piffle. I don't... I'm going to say something now, and this isn't to take away from the tragedy of the situation. Go on, be cold. Cold calf. No. Uh, charities are going to ask, aren't they? Yep. It's up to you how you deal with it. I, I suggest that maybe she had other problems, other things going on that meant that this became bigger than it should have been. Most of us just bin them, don't we? It's up to you how you deal with them. There's another woman here in the paper, Daily Mirror, page 13. Can I just say, the tone of your voice then reminds me of when you said this. It's people. It's, let's talk, it's people. That's your that's caring, Kath. Not cold, Kath. Caring, it's Kath. It's me being careful, but also caring. Careful, Kath. Careful, Kath! This too woman, late. This woman, Jenny Phelps, is pictured um, doing standard blum... In my head, I was imagining her being hit by a bus, so actually, that's, oh. a, that's a, and her, I wish you'd listen to the careful, Kath. Careful, cat! Oh, flip. It's all right, I've got clean undies on. Oh. Kind widow, bombarded with more than a thousand begging letters, is accusing charities of preying on her. This is another woman. A thousand letters in a year. Yeah. Why is she saving them? So that's, that's three a day. Why is she saving them? Why is she counting them? I mean, you just rip them up and throw them, don't you? Jenny Phelps, 65, start, started direct debits for three good causes, but like tragic 92-year-old Olive Cook has been swamped with pleas for money. Here's the thing, guys. Whenever you get um, a, a begging letter, a charity letter, a letter from a pizza company you've never heard of, or something informing you about a referendum on how much money needs to be spent on the police, put it in the bin. Or something marked to the householder. Dear customer, anything yep. like that, rip it and chuck it, for heaven's sake. Yep. This woman's doing standard glumface on page 13 of the Daily Mirror. Oh, by the way, Daily at Mirror. glumface on Twitter, I don't know if you've seen that, guys, it's hilarious. She's um, sitting there with all these things that she's saved. I would suggest that that denotes a, a, a problem. Charities are going to... And, yeah, you know, you do get stories... Well, BBC Local Radio on Friday, all across the country, was full of people phoning up saying, well, I uh, made a, uh, I paid £2 a month and I keep getting phone calls. Well, you will. Just tell them... Just put the phone down. Just put the phone down yeah. and put the letters in the bin. Next! It happened to me and I said, look, I'll give you £2 a month. If you phone me again, I'll stop. Yeah. Next! So I stopped because they carried on. Yeah. That's, that's the end of that story. Well, that's it. That's all you've got to vote. And, yeah, OK, that 92-year-old woman, it's a very, very sad story. Of course it is. But... There, you're, you're right, I would imagine, to suggest that there were perhaps other things going on in yeah. her life. Yeah, I mean, would you object to someone... Sta I don't like it when people stand outside supermarkets or in supermarkets as you yeah. leave with your shopping and they're collecting. Oh, the, it's their right to do so. It's my right to walk on by. The Tesco I use in Birmingham, there is a young lady who stands in front of the Costa machine with a red bucket. She will never, ever get any of my change in her pocket. But then she's very polite. I say, could you, um, excuse me, I need to get a cough, please. Yeah, sure. But she's using passive-aggressive uh, tactics. She's using mind control. 
He's using my. Do you know what control. she's saying there? Oh, you can afford a coffee, but you can't help the children. Can't help the children. I don't like. I've had that before. You know the chuggers. I've got no time for chuggers. Um, never shake their hand because they won't let go. Uh, by the way, guys, if any of them say, "Hey, TV man," <laughs> um, but I've had that before. They said uh, it's for like animals. Don't you like animals? I said no. I hate them. <laughs> I've said that. I hate children. Hey, a group of lads, right? I think they were on um, a stag weekend. I treated myself on Friday mm-hmm. to um, double cheeseburger, large onion rings, la, 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 large fries. It blows their mind every time I say I don't want to drink with that. Do you want to drink with that? No. Waste Do you want to make that into a meal? No. Think, well, it's going to be a meal. I'm going to eat it. I think I might know where your zit came from. <laughs> oh, guys. I Friday. Wasn't, I wasn't rubbing onion rings on my neck, although. Might as well have been. Um, and on there were a group, thighs. and I was I was in disguise. I had the hat on, which I've now left in Birmingham. Oh. But I was in disguise. Okay, I was at a service station, and there were a group of lads there. I think they were on a, st- they were either on a stag weekend or they were IS because they were talking about having someone handcuffed in the car, and they'd have to eat their breakfast handcuffed. Mm-hmm. So I've got, I'm you know, and I had my hat pulled down. I was pretending to be on the phone, and they clocked me, and they. They caught me, and there was about six of the horrible common people. I bought my burger. I'm, I'm not common. I was just getting down with the commoners. And I walked past, and they shouted the worst thing that a group of lads could shout at me. Sexy? No. Ian! They knew my name. Oh. The worst thing a group of lads could shout at me. They knew my name. They didn't use your full name. No. But also, and here's the thing, guys. Try this today, right? I have, over the last 15 years of being a celebrity... <laughs> a. What? I have trained myself to not respond to my name. Have you? Try it. Divi. Hmm? Oh, <laughs> now, that's not fair. My real <laughs> name. secret pet name. Honestly, I have trained myself. You try this, you try this, kids. Ian. Uh, oh, no, okay, don't do try it Try it now. again. Ian. Always dying to look. Who's answer? Who's going to answer? Ian. 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 It's really difficult. Actually, you need to put travel. I'm gonna, yeah, it's, it's really, really difficult to do. And I trained myself not to look at these these scumbags. So what happened then? I ate my burger. It was delicious. I had a little dose for 20 minutes and carried on my way. Excellent story. Thank you, mate. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, the vehicle's broken down just after Junction 25 for Enfield, so that's causing some delays. On the M1 southbound, it's slow from Junction 10 for Luton Airport to Junction 9 for Redbourne. And it's also busy on the M25 anti-clockwise from Junction 17 for Maple Cross towards 15 for the M4. On the train to London Midland are um, reporting delays between Watford Junction and London Euston because of overhead line problems at South Hampstead, and that's also affecting Virgin Trains West Coast. And the 6.59 train from Milton Keen Central of London Euston has been cancelled. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. I've just had a really powerful, um, really powerful tweet from uh, Scott, and I'm just going to work out how I can phrase it. A turbo tweet. Yeah, it really. Um, is that, no, seriously, it's quite. It's, it's a serious one. Oh, is it? It's quite upsetting. Yeah, I'm just trying oh. to work out how I can incorporate it into the show. Bear with me. I'm a professional. Six forty-six. It is uh, Monday, the eighteenth of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. New parking charges come into force in Central Milton Keynes today, with shoppers paying two pounds an hour in the premium bays. Local and vocal. Eleven men are due to stand trial at the Old Bailey today, accused of child sex abuse in Aylesbury. And David Cameron will today under. Underline government plans to expand seven-day services in the NHS. Here's the weather with Kate. 
Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's a rather grisly start to the new working week. I'm afraid we've got lots of rain around through the course this morning. Some heavy rain, 10 millimetres expected widespread. If you haven't got it already, it is on its way. It's just approaching parts of Buckinghamshire, actually, and just skirting in towards Bedfordshire. So it is on the way and it's going to continue and it's going to get heavier. Accompanied by a strong, gusty and squally wind, it's not going to feel too pleasant, but it will clear away later on this afternoon. We should get some sunshine. Still one or two showers in there but a maximum temperature of 15 Celsius. So overnight tonight, some showers still possible, but we're hanging on to the breeze, so that's going to prevent the temperature from dropping too far. We're looking at 6 Celsius. For tomorrow, it's sunshine and showers, but the showers tomorrow are potentially very heavy with a chance of hail and thunder. We're also tomorrow hanging on to the breezy conditions. Maximum temperature for Tuesday, 14 Celsius. And that's your forecast. Gardeners. Landscapers. Tree sculptors, they're all coming together this week and I'll be there to see it happening. Nick Coffer. Tomorrow, I'll be live from the heart of London to bring you the Chelsea Flower Show. It's a family garden, so there's somewhere to sort of sit, cook, just spend time together. I'll chat to all the local enthusiasts who are taking part. Sort of encapsulates everything that's British and I suppose looking at it, all the seasonal produce we have. And bring you the sights and sounds from one of Britain's best events. And she's an extraordinary artist and uh, is made of cedar and black graphite. Nick Coffer. Live from the Chelsea Flower Show. Tomorrow from midday, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Buttons you never pressed and when have you begged? Uh, Robin Watford, this is for geeky men of about, um, I would suggest, 39 to 49. Uh, I was 10 and had spent the day typing out a game from a computer magazine on my Acorn Electron. And me. Yeah. After about two hours of typing, I hit break by accident and lost the lot. Never bothered to retype it. Oh. It's, it. It hurts. It really does hurt. Um, and there's... Um, um, I pushed the red stop button on an escalator in Tesco when I was a kid, says Glenbow. An old lady fell over. I felt bad. Now, listen. Justin. Yes, boss. Powerful story here. Really yeah. powerful story. This is going to need a little bit of this, actually. Hang on. This is from Scott on Twitter. And I've got to... I've got to change one of the words because... Um, well, it involves... Um, it's the strongest swear there is. Oh, yeah. What are you going to change it to? Um, let me see. Crumbs. Crumbs. Well, uh, uh, crumb. Yeah, we'll, call, we'll say crumb, Careful. okay? But you, you know you know what we're saying, Just. I know exactly. Hey, what did you saying. see that clip of that fella the other day, the BBC News reporter? Yes. I've got to tread carefully, who uh, was talking about the cult yeah. of Farage, <laughs> and he got it wrong. And then the front page of the Star the next day was the BBC calls Nigel Farage. A, yeah. I know! It's a, it's a deliberate thing! Ways to go viral. <laughs> okay, so we're going to say the word crumb, but we all know what word I mean. One of those lucky Heather gypsy ladies approached me the other day. And I said, no thanks, I've just eaten. She cursed me and called me a crumb. <laughs> I don't know if an old lady has ever called you a crumb before, but it hurts. <laughs> 
Has an old lady ever called you a crumb? Oh eight four five nine four double five. one of the best stories I've ever heard. <laughs> I've been sworn at by an elderly French gentleman, but it, 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 I think he was a kind of um, like really filthy, sweary. Come on. Here we go. This is what we're doing. Please in the next let hour. me take this to the Justin, Yeah, definitely. Please. Have you ever? Uh, when have you seen old people swear? Mm. When have you seen pensioners swear? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Tread carefully. Yeah. Don't need you know, but it's a great because you don't see them swear that often. Well, just, I mean, yeah. it, and it's it's super shocking. It's I mean, it's akin to hearing a child swear. But this was walking down the street in Paris. It was a beautiful sunny day. The yeah. lilac trees were in bloom. Beautiful. I was feeling I was feeling French, you know. Yeah. I was feeling carefree. And the so French were feeling you, if well, the, the, the stories are to be believed. I didn't wear a skirt there the whole time. Wow! <laughs> just your pants. <laughs> anyway, walking down the street, I see this jolly French gentleman wearing standard uh, old man issue um, blue slacks and a beret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walking down the street, and he says bonjour. I said bonjour, and then he told me <laughs> oh. that he'd like to rip my head off. Oh. and do something down my neck that you don't want anyone to do to you, especially Wowzers. not an old Frenchman. Wowzers. Very sweary. Wowzers. It was shocking. <laughs> when have you seen old people swear, please? Particularly old women, but we will accept old men. 08459 oh, 455555. <laughs> 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 Thank you, Scott. You, you may just save this show. Justin. Yes. The wrong button cost me $660 okay. this weekend. Yeah. We've had some cracking stories. Uh, you've taken this to the streets, mate. I Thank have. You. Yeah, early doors. Uh, the streets are uh, disgusting this morning. It's uh, raining out here at the moment, and oh. uh, I'm wearing tassel loafers with no socks. Uh, <laughs> r- wrong day for those, I'm afraid. <laughs> mate, uh, it's always the wrong day for yeah. those. <laughs> the wrong decade. <laughs> Oi, oi. Wrong uh, decade, so, wrong country. All right. Wrong guys. gender. So I've taken this one to the streets. When have you pressed the wrong button? Take a listen. Chris, you're a tradesman, and you've pressed the button, and it all went wrong. Where were you? What happened? I was at, um, where was I? I was in a health club in uh, Maidenhead. Maintenance guy asked me to show him how it all worked. I pressed the button, and it all stopped working. <laughs> so the entire gym shut down because of you. Yeah. And how long was it shut down for? Uh, two days. What? Yeah. A whole gym was shut for two days because you pressed the wrong button. It wasn't exactly my fault. The actual part that I pressed was broken. And yeah, I who pressed the button? It was me until... But if I hadn't touched it, it would have been all right, yeah. Let's get the Italian perspective. Have you ever pressed a button that you wished you hadn't pressed? Yeah, yeah. What was the button? What happened? Maybe on the PC or maybe on... I don't know. Uh, sometime. What button did you press on the PC? Was it naked Italian ladies? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's a very honest and frank <laughs> Italian perspective. Thank you very much. <laughs> you sound, that's the that last line when you said it's a very honest uh, perspective. Mm. That's the voice you use when you go and talk to a woman whose house has been burnt down. Exactly, but I just thought, you know what, he's opened up on the street. Well, he hasn't. You told him. Well, no, and no, it, he's opened I up. Think... There he was at home pressing buttons on his PC like you. Yeah. Your button costs you money. For him, it, it cost him his him, dignity. It cost him his dignity and a, and a real frank apology to his missus. Justin, it's time for this. It's people. Oh, no, let's, talk, let's talk no, to each not, other. It's, it's always time for that, but it's time for this. Considering there's been no news in this whole first hour, do you know what? We've not done bad. Mm. Uh, here comes the first one. Justin, I'm going to let you have first crack at this one. Yeah, excellent. Um, OK. Handsome. 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 Ha- and I'm, uh, there's a little emphasis there. Handsome. OK. Um, this is something to do with somebody mm. who is handsome and they're saying... <laughs> 
have some of that. He's handed himself to a lady on the streets. What? Why would that be in the news? some. But to be honest, why would any of these stories that we've been doing (laughs) in the news... uh, uh, (laughs) No, incorrect. Kelly Betts, handsome. Is it a a hand model? Oh, oh, she picked up on the emphasis of the word hand. Well done. But his hand fell off. Oh. But they're going to keep it because it's such a nice hand. That's not bad. It's not right, but it's not bad. Catherine? Is it about people being attracted to hands? Stephen Davis, 40, of Swansea, who was born with one hand, don't worry, I can turn this around into a story of triumph, has had a plastic one made with a 3D printer. Ooh. He's handsome. I don't get what the sum is for. Yeah. This is the, I don't understand how these work. No. Handsome. They just find a word that sounds like oh, it's got it's hand like in some. And some handsome. If I had one hand, I would get... Um, I'd Attachment. Have a, I'd have all, all different... I'd have a hook. I'd have a claw, I'd have the, the, um, the fella, the bad guy from Enter the Dragon. I'd have a food mixer. Yeah, yeah, I'd have all of these things. <laughs> I'd have, um, oh, what's the film where she has um, um, a attached to it? What film is that? There's a film where, um, in a space, doesn't she get um, um, a rabbit attached to her Does head? she? I think so. I'd get a big magnet, one of those ones from a cartoon. And the last one, Justin. Kelly, we'll start with you. Mm. Look into my pies. Look into my pies. A chip shop owner yep. who also reads your palms yep. and tells your future. Yep. He's like, come in my shop, have a pie, and I'll tell you something about your life. Incorrect. Catherine, look into my pies. Hypnotic pies. You take the lid off, Ooh. look into the filling, Ooh. and you get hypnotized. <laughs> oh, that's good. That is it's very good. It's not bad, Justin. Uh, for me, I think this has got something to do with uh, a man who wears glasses, who's a, a scientist, and he's come up. <laughs> Has to be. Okay. Glasses. And he's come up, and he's come up with some fantastic tasting new super duper pies. Mate, it's a sad story. Britain's fattest man has turned to hypnosis to help him eat less, eat less, and stay alive. Ooh. Justin, see you later. Take care, boss. Ta-ra.
for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M40 towards London is slow around Junction 4 for High Wycombe and on the M1 southbound that's looking very busy from Junction 10 for Luton Airport to 9 for Redbourne. It's easing off though on the M25 anti-clockwise just after Junction 25 for Enfield where a vehicle broke down earlier on. And having a look at the speed sensors through Wendover on the A413 that's looking quite slow in both directions approaching the train station. On the trains London Midland have delays between Watford Junction and London Euston because there's some problems with the overhead lines at South Hampstead. That's also affecting Virgin Trains West Coast and also National Rail have changed to their summer timetable as of yesterday. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. We're leaving the rabbit hole and your stories of... Yeah, we're climbing out. Your stories of button pushing. We don't talk about that no more, but when have you begged and when have you seen an old person swear? 08459 455 555. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, criticism of new parking charges in Milton Keynes, 11 men to stand trial charged with Aylesbury child sex abuse and Cameron to highlight seven-day NHS. BBC Three Counties Radio. New parking charges come into force in central Milton Keynes today. Centre workers have criticised a rise in the cost of employee permits of almost £100 a year. Shoppers face a rise from £1.40 to £2 an hour in the premium bays. More from Tony Fisher. Some workers say they'll have to think hard about whether they'll be able to afford to come into the new city to work. As for shoppers, they'll have to pay 25% more per hour in standard bays and over 40% more per hour in premium bays. The council says it's providing most of what the public wanted in terms of parking, but ultimately it wants to encourage people to choose other forms of transport to travel into town. Eleven men are due to stand trial at the Old Bailey today, accused of child sex abuse in Aylesbury. The men face a number of different charges, including child prostitution, Constitution and rape. They include six men from Aylesbury, one from Milton Keynes, one from Chesham and one from Buckingham. Police are appealing for witnesses after a nine-year-old boy was seriously injured in a road collision in Hemel Hempstead on Saturday afternoon. It happened on Redbourne Road next to the Maylands Industrial Park just before 10 to 2. The boy was in collision with a grey Kia car and suffered serious head injuries. He was airlifted to a London hospital. David Cameron will today use his first major speech since the election to underline government plans to expand seven-day services in the NHS. He'll say that the move will protect and preserve the values of the NHS, but doctors' leaders have accused the government of empty headline-grabbing. Here's Jane Draper. Mr Cameron believes the NHS has the potential to become the first true seven-day health service in the world, providing more GP appointments outside normal working hours and boosting hospital consultant cover at weekends. The Conservatives have already promised the NHS in England £8 billion a year in extra funding by 2020. But the British Medical Association describes this money as the bare minimum needed to stand still. Doctors' leaders say there is already a chronic shortage of GPs and hospital doctors, particularly in emergency medicine. Police in Milton Keynes have discovered a man's body after searching a house where two men were arrested in connection with a burglary. Officers were called to Neepland in Bean Hill at 3pm on Saturday. A 55-year-old man was arrested on suspicion of possessing a firearm, a 22-year-old on suspicion of burglary and theft. About three hours later, during a police search, the body of a man in his 40s was found. Police say his death is unexplained but not suspicious. 
Talks aimed at averting a strike by thousands of network rail workers over the bank holiday will be held at the conciliation service today. The RMT union is planning a 24-hour walkout from next Monday evening. In sport, in yesterday's Premier League matches, Manchester United and Arsenal drew one all at Old Trafford. Manchester City won 4-2 at Swansea. Tonight, champions Chelsea visit West Brom. The weather rain this morning, which will clear this afternoon to leave some sunny spells. A maximum temperature 15 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, I hope you enjoyed the summer. That's that done and dusted. It's all uh, it's all over now. Hey, if you've just tuned in, you missed a cracking first hour. We were down the rabbit hole. Where was you? Lots to talk about. Ever seen an old person swear? Extra points if it's an old woman. When have you begged? You know the rules, guys. You can call in about anything you want. You want to have a wind, you want to have a moan, you want to have a laugh. I don't, I'm not bothered either. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm not bothered. Now, if you regularly work or shop in Milton Keynes, you'll find that your pocket is a little bit lighter from now on. New parking charges come into force today, sending the price of an employee's permit up by almost £100 a year and the cost of a premium parking bay at the shopping centre up from £1.40 to £2 an hour. Uh, Melanie Beck chairs the Milton Keynes Centre Management, representing 40,000 employees. Morning, Melanie. Good morning. Um, it's, it, it's an increase, isn't it, of £90 a year? Yes, quite a lot of money, isn't it? Um, well, is it in the great scheme of things? It, it, I mean, it's still it, that that takes it up to. Um, I've not got the figures in front of me. What does that take that up to a year? I think it's just under four hundred pounds a year. In terms of parking, it, I mean, it's yeah, it's it's it, it, it's significant, but it's it's not as bad as bad as a lot of other places, is it? Uh, no, it isn't. But if you're going into work every day and you've got childcare arrangements and uh, and other costs on your family budget. Tell me about a it. Significant amount of money. Yeah. But but that you know, without wishing to sound harsh, that's um that that's life, isn't it? It is life, but I think we also have to have to be responsible in terms of how quickly uh, parking charges are put up and to what extent they're put up. What increase would you think was appropriate? I don't think you can put a figure on it. I think well, uh, what, what, it, what is... Melanie, um, with the greatest respect, if you're arguing with this figure, then, then, then uh, uh, you d- kind of do have to put a figure on it, I would have thought, otherwise your argument doesn't really bear any scrutiny, does it? Well, you're going... We, we managed to um, cap the permit uh, subsidy being removed from uh, by the council from permits across the city for people coming in every day. Uh, what has happened, in fact, is that the hourly rate uh, has been put up. So in the standard base, you've gone from um, £1.50 uh, an hour to... Uh, from 40p an, 40p an hour to 50p an hour. and from Which is nothing, 60, is it? Which is nothing. And from £1.60 to £2. And that's for people who come into shop on a regular basis, on a weekend. That's how much they're now paying to park in the city. The problem is that that tariff has now been applied in terms of the permits as well, that the average person who has to come in every day to work in Milton Keynes also has to pay. So if you, if you look at it in isolation, no, the permits haven't gone up considerably, 
but you're looking at it for people who are coming in every day to work Monday to Friday because they have to, because they've got to pay their mortgages and because... Uh, £7.50 a month. I mean, most people would be able to swallow that, wouldn't they? They would, but you're also dealing with people who are on the minimum wage. You're, you're talking to people who are working call centres. You're dealing with people who are working in retail who are earning the very basic in, mini, in minimum wage. And to have a, a significant increase on the, of this nature is a large amount of money. You're not dealing with people who are on forty, fifty thousand pounds a year. They're at the top end of the of the, the salary scale. You're dealing with people who are earning the minimum wage, and you have to be fair. And it's out of proportion when you then look at the scales that someone like a market trader pays, because they're only paying eighteen pounds seventy-five a month. So you'd like the earning. market traders to pay more? No. What I think is you have to be fair across the board. I'm not saying that the market traders are paying less, uh, are not paying significantly enough. What I'm saying is, why should a market trader only pay £18.75, but a person coming in who probably is not earning a lot more than that should pay double that to come and work in Santander? So, so what, 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 what are you suggesting then? That the, that the council then subsidises the, the parking for everybody? Because that, why, why should you know, my council tax or my tax pay for someone to park? But you're hitting your city centre. Why can I go down to Kingston or MK1 and pay nothing, but I have to, if I come into the city centre, I have to pay a tariff? But why should, why should council taxpayers subsidise people's parking? But it isn't, it isn't council taxpayers. Who, well, then who's, well, how come the market traders' uh, uh, parking is so, as you say, so cheap? I don't know, because the council uh, runs the market. Right, so the council's subsidising it. Exactly. Yeah, so the council tax is paying for it. So, so then why... Should, I don't understand what you're saying. Are you saying the council tax... The, the, the market traders should pay more or the people who've had the increase should pay less? No, I think if you have a permit, then the permit is the same for whether you're a market trader or whether you're a business. Why should it be less? Um, th th is it true that there are plans to further increase the cost of these employee permits? Yes, there are. The, um, the um, budget for next year... The permit subsidy that currently we have across businesses is likely to be removed again. So the 40% subsidy that they get at the moment will be... Gosh, 40% subsidy. Yeah. So yeah. again, the question, why should council taxpayers subsidise people's parking? No one subsidises my parking or my petrol or anything like that. Because these people... It's about sustaining your economy in the centre of your city. And, and most um, cities give a permit subsidy across the city for people who are coming in every day because they have to. And we don't currently have a long-term parking strategy. If you were able to, have, to provide a park and ride outside the city and then people get a bus in, then yes, I could understand that. I could understand the cost of, of parking in the middle of the city being excessively high because you have another opportunity to park at a cheaper rate to keep cars out of the city centre. But right now, Milton Keynes does not have a long-term parking strategy, which includes park and ride or an adequate public transport system. And until you have all of that in place, I don't think you can penalise people that are coming into park every day. Where do you take this now, Melanie? Well, we have to wait and see what happens, and we have to negotiate with the local council, and we have to hope that they're sensible in the increases that they put in place because this isn't just a Milton Keynes issue this is a an issue across the city across the country as uh, budgets are squeezed by central government by councils it's very difficult you know we understand the issues that the councils have across the country but you can't uh, use car parking as a revenue 
um, in order to balance your. Book. How amenable to a conversation and compromise have you found the uh, the council? Um, well, we uh, we were unaware of the increase on parking until they put their budget papers out at the uh, beginning of this year, and obviously uh, a lot of people were very upset across uh, the city, and a lot of businesses threatening to look at an alternative. Uh, in terms of relocating their, their businesses. That is not good news for Milton Keynes. Which businesses are, are looking at re- possibly relocating? Well, all of them are saying they're having to look at their operating costs. If they continue to have parking going up, they already have issues with attracting staff and retaining staff because of the cost of parking mm. in the city. That is not good news for a sustainable economy for Milton Keynes. So we have to find a balance and we have to work with the local authority to find a more... A comprehensive long-term parking strategy. Melanie, you put your, car, uh, your your case very well. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much indeed, Melanie Beck, chairs the Milton Keynes Centre Management. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I know we haven't got any Texas, so I'm, I'm hesitating. Well, we have, but we can't talk about them because nope. they're down the hole. We can't talk about those. Hey, Prince Harry's a plum, isn't he? Well, yeah. he's a kid. He's allowed to be a plum. He's not a kid now, is he? 40? Was no. he 45? How old is he? 20-something. Uh, he, he's... Well, I, now, and I... It, he's apparently said, and I don't quite know where he said this, so um, it, I, it could be one of those things that's been spun out of um, um, nothing. But the, if we believe the newspapers, and why wouldn't we believe the newspapers, guys? Why, why would they lie to us? He said that uh, we should bring back national service. He said that if he hadn't <laughs> been in the army, he doesn't know what he would have done. Prince Harry has put the issue of national service back in the firing line, clever by calling, but obvious, by calling for its return. Commenting at the end of a week-long tour of New Zealand at the weekend, Harry praises the army, saying it's done amazing things for him and that it does keep you out of trouble. So I don't, I don't actually know if he said... Um, oh, here we go, yeah, Prince Harry also touches on... Uh, Prince Harry says, I dread to think where I'd be without the army. Bring back national service. The army for me has done amazing things. Well, yeah, but, right... He'd still be all right. He, he'd still be all right. And also, you know, he's Prince Harry. He's not going to be treated like Joe Blow from Kokomo when he joins the army. It's not as if, you know, like, you know, Steve from the council estate mm-hmm. joins the army. I think Prince Harry is going to be looked upon slightly differently as opposed to some ordinary bloke, you know, from wherever, from the hood. Sh- do you think they shouted at him? They shout at you in the army and stuff? Yeah, he's not going to get, you know, whipped by a wet towel or... or you, you know what I mean? Uh, Prince Harry's going to get off pretty lightly. And as you know, I quite like the royal family. It goes against all of my principles, but I do quite like the royal family. But I'll be honest, he's got no real right to suggest that people do national service because he's got no idea what life is like. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I bet, oh, it's a tough life being a millionaire and having to have sex with all those models in Las Vegas. And it is a tough life. And of course, there are stresses and strains that we will never know anything about. But... He can't tell us that we should be doing national service, that we should go and do national service because it would make things better. Up yours, Dolores. Do you think he said it that way, though? I think he probably had a little chat with someone, someone's passed it on and it's become a royal decree, and it's not a royal decree, it's just a bit of idle bants. Bring back national service. 
Oh, maybe it's not in this. I don't know. This story's very confusing as to who said what, but anyway, still. The kids today are too busy for national service. They've got selfies to take. They've got appalling images to send they each other. could be. Listen, if national service included two years of hard graft on uh, Call of Duty, I would be in, and I would back that. I mean, you pretty much did national service by doing that, didn't you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40, that's looking slow around Junction 4 for High Wycombe towards London. And it's still busy on the M1 southbound from Junction 10 for Luton Airport to 9 for Redbourne. Also looking slow on the A406 North Circular Road in Ealing from Hillcrest Road southbound towards Ealing Common at Uxbridge Road. And on the train departure boards London Midland, uh, trains have delays between Watford Junction and London Euston because of some overhead line problems at South Hampstead. That's also affecting Virgin Trains West Coast and National Rail also have changed their summer timetable. So they advise passengers to check on the website for the journey planners to see if the train times they are using will have changed. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 7.15. It is uh, Monday, the 18th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. New parking charges come into force in central Milton Keynes today with centre workers criticising a rise in the cost of employee permits. Eleven men are due to stand trial at the Old Bailey today, accused of child sex abuse in Aylesbury. And David Cameron will underline government plans to expand seven-day service in the NHS. BBC's Three Counties Radio. Every weekday from three, local stories. People in Watford are being urged to celebrate their local heroes by creating a postcard in their honour. In other local news, rugby fans are being warned to watch out for fake World Cup tickets. Roberto Peroni. Now, a metal detectorist has discovered a archaeological find in a field near Royston in Hertfordshire. Taxi drivers in Luton are demanding to be allowed to drive in bus lanes at all times. There is to be a new station at the Leighton Buzzard Narrow Gauge Railway. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Shops in Hertfordshire will be printing domestic abuse advice on the back of their receipts as part of a new awareness campaign. Homebase, Argos and the 99p store are taking part in the latest scheme from Hertfordshire Police. Mark Brooks is the chair of the Mankind Initiative, a charity which provides support for male victims of domestic abuse. Morning, Mark. Morning. What do you make of uh, this campaign? Well, I think it's an excellent campaign, um, not only to encourage... Um, more victims to actually come forward, but also to give support to others to, um, to help them to come forward, especially, you know, mothers or, or sisters um, or brothers and fathers, you know, give them information to help maybe a, maybe a parent or, or someone else to get some help. Uh, I, this is coming from the police, and, uh, you know, you have to salute the police for, for doing this initiative, but, but how well are um, these cases treated, do you know, Mark, when people do go to the police? Well, I, there's been big improvements in, in the way that the police actually handled domestic abuse over the last over the last 10 years. If you'd asked me 10 years ago, I would say, well, they didn't really see it as a particular crime, but certainly they do now, and there's been big improvements. 
what would your advice to be to someone uh, who's in uh, an abusive relationship? What, what, what should they do? Because it's because a you don't always rec- I would imagine you don't always recognise it as being abusive, or they're just having a tough time. That's why they're they're you know verbally bullying me, or that's why they're battering me around the head. And they've said they'll never do it again. And do you know what? It's probably my fault a little bit as well. Uh, it's a tough situation to be in, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, it is tough. And I think the main um, information or advice is always to try and escape from the situation that you're in. Um, and you But, know, Mark, well, I'll I... never do it again. I promise. It was a one-off. I'll never do it again. And that's a convincing, that's a convincing line, isn't it, from someone you love? Well, the thing is, well, once it's happened once... It will happen again. It's, it's so much easier once you've crossed that red line. Um, the, that sort of domestic violence and abuse will happen again. So if it does happen once, that should be enough. You should then get why out. Do, this is the thing I don't get there, Mark. It, 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 and... and um... Because everyone goes, oh, if they, listen, if they hit you once, and it's not all about physical stuff, of course, it can be, you know, nasty, manipulative, uh, uh, slightly, you know, more subtler bullying. We all like to say, well, if anyone did that to me, there's no way I'd stick around. Um, but but people do stick around. Why? Where is the, the... What's the psychology behind those people that do stick around? Well, often when someone is in a abusive relationship like that, they are, if you like, under the control of the person committing the abuse. So it becomes hard for them to actually escape psychologically. But most stick around because, A, because they love the person, B, they think that um, they can change that person's behaviour. And lastly, of course, it's even worse when there's children in the household because um, because a, um, a mother or a father won't leave an abusive relationship and leave their children behind. Um, and if people do leave those relationships, you know, and they can leave with, with nothing, the clothes on their back, what support is there out there for them, for, for men and women? Well, well, in terms of uh, men and women, um, there, there is the uh, Sunflower Centre in Hertfordshire who, who do a great job in supporting victims across Hertfordshire. And, of course, local councils have a duty to provide emergency housing to a male or female victim. And lastly, of course, you know, the, the police are there for you. Um, and if there is a violent relationship and there is support needed, then please, please contact the police. Mark, good to talk to you. Keep up the good work. This is Mark Brooks, chair of the Mankind Initiative. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I was promised that when the election finished... Thank you for that, Mark. We'll be speaking to David Lloyd as well, the uh, PC seat for Hertfordshire. And just, just, you know... What a nicely groomed man that is, isn't he, David Lloyd? Exquisite. He's so honestly. He, I don't know if he's coming in or if he's on the phone. He's coming in. Oh, fantastic! Thank you. The gods are smiling on us because he comes in. He's so well turned out. He smells delightful, and he's such a charmer, isn't he? A charmer. He's officer class. He really is. He's a real charmer. I like. Char- I could never be that charming. I've got an air of the seediness about me and the yeah. disinterested. Yeah. He's charming. Do you know what? Yeah, he's like a colonel. Yeah. Very charming. And you're more like a private, a corporal. <laughs> so you say I'm like a private. Right. Uh, but I was told, OK, may- maybe by the voices in my head, that when this flipping election finished, right, because when the election was, was, was coming up, is the election every five years now? When did they change that? 
Because they used to... Is it on a set date every five years? Yeah. Because it used... Sorry? Don't know. Well, because I, I think they've changed it because they're now saying, oh, the next election will be in five years. It didn't used to be. It used to be between... Sort of four and five years. They could call it whenever they were feeling cocky, couldn't they? Yeah. But now I don't think they could. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Because my team are morons. Did they change the law? Because I remember when um, uh, Cameron got into power, right? And uh, Brown was the prime minister, and David Cameron's going call an election. Call and and, and, uh, and uh, Brown's going. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to call an election. You Russian? Yeah. Why not? And Cameron's going, go on, call an election, call an election. And, they're all, and they're, they were saying he bottled it, didn't they? Oh, he bottled, they were doing all that in the Houses of Parliament and stuff. Were, yeah. Have they changed the law so that the election has to be on the same day every five years? Because if they have, that's out of order. I liked the fact that people could call it when they were fit. If they're having a good run, they go, yo, we have an election in a week. We're having a good run. I, I kind of miss those. Anyway. But then the ruling party will know that they need to do some good stuff. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're yeah. going to crack an election out. Yeah, that's how it works. But everyone else is at a disadvantage because they well, know, they're just well, carrying on. It didn't work for Gordon Brown, did it? He, ca- he, he held out thinking things would get better. Things got worse. Yeah. Things can only get worse. And they got worse and he blew it. If he'd have called an election when Cameron had suggested it, he'd have won. People just didn't like him, did they? If, no. if he didn't smile, they didn't like him. If he smiled, they didn't like him more. No, he was... He was um... So anyway, I was told that there will be lots of new... Once the election is over, then the, the newspapers will buck up their ideas and will have stories. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Well, you're never anything but... I'm going to be honest. Go on. Both stories we've got today, parking goes up by 10 pence an hour and something on the back of receipts, that's what we would normally do at 10 to 8. They're not really... I'm, I'm struggling, guys, to get anything out of them. That got, that last guest, last guest was great, Mark, thank you. And I'm looking forward to David Lloyd coming in, but we could have got... We could have filled 10 to 8 very nicely with both of them. And the parking going up by 10 pence an hour. I mean... <laughs> am I supposed to, what am I supposed to say about that? Anyway, fortunately, Ian Lee is a professional. What am I supposed to say about that? What am I supposed to say about that? Oh, that's, that's, um, that's, um, that's all right, isn't it? That's an increase. And then there's nothing in the papers for me to talk about. It really is. It's tough going, guys. There's a story about the police being called because yeah. a kid hit another kid with a ruler. What have you been hit with? What stationary item have you been hit with? Well, here we go. Listen, this, I, let, me, let, me, let me seize control of, the, of the, the, the... What do they call the steering wheel on a ship? Rudder. No, the big... Um, Captain's wheel, ship's wheel. Ship's log. Captain's, captain's log. log. Who's left the where who's left the captain's log out here? Clear it up. Dirty get. Here's um want to boost want to boost? Want to Gary Busey. Want to boost pupils' results, ban mobiles. Why is this even a thing? Why is this even a thing? Ban mo what what? We've, uh, this is this uh, this pops up like every three months, and every three months I kind of d- realise that we live in a world that is stupid. Banning mobile phones in schools can significantly boost children's academic performance, a study suggests, and so does common sense. Common sense suggests it. Because you know mobile phones, right? You can make phone calls, you can send texts, you can do WhatsApp, you can do Tinder, you can look at pornography, you can play Candy Crush. To name but a few... So of course they're going to be distracting. Why are fo- why are mobile phones allowed? In my school, we had a payphone underneath the stairs. You used to have to get permission to use it, and then we just phone up um, people and pretend to be um, uh, Zippy from Rainbow. Stopping pupils from bringing mobiles into the classroom 
can have the same effect on their results as adding an extra week of lessons to the academic year. Oh, but he, he needs a phone at school to let me know he's got to school. How old is he? 15? What? My 12-year-old needs a phone at school. Why? So that he doesn't get attacked by a paedophile! There is a kid I see after school when I pick up my children from lower school and she is always on the phone. How old is this child? Have a little guess. She must be nine. Who is she calling? But I don't want my child to be attacked by a paedophile. That's why they need to have mobile phones. Paedophiles have got phones as well. So they take the pictures. So they take the pictures on. Not Polaroid anymore. The study published by the London School of Economics... Oh, hang on, that's a hotbed of um, 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 radicalisation, isn't it? Found test scores of students aged 16 improved by 6.4% in schools which had banned phones. And it was low... And it was low achieving and poorer pupils who had the most to gain from eliminating the distraction of a mobile. Why? I just don't understand. We'll talk to Daniel afterwards because I really need as much material as we can get. I don't understand why you. Uh, there's loads to distract. I was distracted in uh, in classrooms by messing around and um, by boobs. That you know that was enough, and they were like real boobs, mm. not virtual boobs. Not cyber boobs. There was no cyber boobs. They were 15-year-old girls' boobs. I was 15! It's not that bad a sentence to say. You tell their father that. Low achievers' test scores, scores improved twice as much as those of average students. Yeah. It just... Um... So, let's just condense that down. Concentrating on your work makes you do better work. The impact of banning phones for these students was equivalent to increasing the school year by five days. Allowing phones into schools will harm the lowest achieving and low... It just seems so completely obvious. Why would anybody think that it's acceptable to take a phone into school? We'll put it out there because, you know, we will get lots... Every time we do this... We get loads of mums phoning up saying, well, yeah, my Johnny needs a phone in school. Why's that? Well, in case I'm, I'm late picking him up. Right, and what did I do in the 80s? I just stood on a corner outside the school waiting. I waited. If mum was an hour late... Uh... Ah, but there weren't paedophiles in the 80s. Have you read the newspapers? It was full of them. The 80s was pedo-central. 08459 555 um, is the telephone number. You, there will not be one parent listening who can give me a good reason as to why kids need mobile phones in schools. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A1M southbound, it's slow from Junction 9 for Letchworth to 7 for Stevenage. It's also busy on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 22 for St Albans and 19 for Watford. The M40 towards London's busy from Junction 5 for Stoke and Church towards Junction 4 for the High Wycombe roundabout. And in Beaconsfield on Amersham Road, that's looking very busy now between Longbottom Lane and the A40 at London Road southbound. On the A1 southbound, it's slow approaching the Black Cat roundabout from the St Neots Junction. And on the trains London Midland and Virgin trains were
West Coast are both reporting problems between Watford Junction and London Euston because of overhead problems uh, with the lines at South Hampstead. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. New parking charges come into force in central Milton Keynes today with centre workers criticising a rise in the cost of employee permits. 11 men are due to stand trial at the Old Bailey today accused of child sex abuse in Aylesbury. Police are appealing for witnesses after a nine-year-old boy was seriously injured in a road collision in Hemel Hempstead on Saturday afternoon. And David Cameron will today underline government plans to expand seven-day services in the NHS. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. In the Premier League yesterday, Manchester United and Arsenal drew one all at Old Trafford. United keeper David De Gea went off injured, prompting speculation he may have played his final game before a rumoured summer move to Real Madrid. Manager Louis van Aal says De Gea must decide where he wants to play. He has to choose, and it is not so easy to choose between uh, two big clubs. And he is uh, Spanish, his girlfriend is also Spanish, so we, we would be very happy when he stays. And you believe he will? You never know. Manchester City won 4-2 at Swansea to guarantee a top three finish, but manager Manuel Pellegrini says they've fallen below expectations. No, a very positive season is not because if we don't win a title, it's not a good season. But I think uh, that if you are not the champion of the Premier League, you must try to be as near the top of the table as you can. It's better to be second than to be third or to be fourth. It's different if you qualify for champion, if you don't qualify. So I said it was not a good season, but it was not a disaster. Tonight, champions Chelsea visit West Brom. Bristol Rovers beat Grimsby on penalties to win the conference playoff final at Wembley. Former Luton player Lee Mansell scored the winning spot kick as Rovers secured an immediate return to the Football League. Rory McIlroy has won the PGA event in North Carolina by seven strokes, setting a new tournament record. The world number one finished on 21 under par. In athletics, Milton Keynes long jumper Greg Rutherford was seventh in yesterday's Diamond League meeting in Shanghai after four successes no jumps and in Speedway's knockout cup Rye House beat Workington 60-30 yesterday sending the Hertfordshire side through 99-81 on aggregate BBC Three Counties News and Sports the next full bulletin is at 8 Zilch, Mr. Davalina, Mr. Bob Davalina, Mr. Davalina, Mr. Bob Davalina. Zilch, China Clipper calling Alameda. China Clipper calling Alameda. Zilch, China Clipper calling Alameda. Self defense. Never mind the furthermore, the plea is self defense. Never mind the furthermore, the plea is self defense. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the people are intending. It is of my opinion that the it is my opinion that the people are intending. It is my opinion that the people are intending. It is my opinion that the people are intending. It is my opinion that the people are intending. Ever seen an old person swear? Kids having mobile phones in schools, they do better without them. There's a surprise. Uh, never had to beg. 08459 555. Daniel's on the line. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning, Ian. What have you got for us, fella? 
uh, the Fixed Term Parliament Act introduced after the uh, last election in 2010. So it, does it happen on the same day every five years? Um, close to the same day. There's, uh, for practical reasons, they have a certain set of dates where they hold elections. But pretty much, yes, oh. um, more or less on a Thursday at the start of May. I miss that law being passed. I used to love the fact that it was a little bit random and that if a party was, you know, the yeah. party in power were feeling cocky, they could call an election. Uh, absolutely. And it was all to do with the uh, coalition government wanting to introduce a little bit of stability and, and partly possibly the Liberal Democrats wanting to guarantee themselves five years of government before the, uh, the next election came along and not being kicked out by the Conservatives. Nick Clegg's legacy! Nick Clegacy! It gets worse and worse! <laughs> Daniel, thank you for that. Nick Clegg! Clegg! Oh, man alive! I used to love the fact... I didn't used to love it. Let's calm down. Let's just step away from the precipice. I quite enjoyed the fact that when parties were feeling cocky, they could call an election. And if they weren't feeling cocky, they could wait a little bit and, and just see what see what happens. And Clegg has, I'm going to say it, he's muffed it up for everybody. He's ruined all of the fun for everybody. Oh. I miss that guy. I miss him. Cheeky I missed Farage, and now I don't miss Farage. Didn't get a chance to miss him. Farage is tiny. I didn't know this, right? You see the picture of him when they announced the results. He's next to Al Murray, who's kind of tallish. I think he's a bit shorter than me, Al Murray. And all the other candidates. Nigel Farage, you'd barely see him through this window if he was stood on a chair. He's so (laughs) wee, honestly. He's a tiny little fella. And I lost even more respect for him because of that. I'm supposed to be impartial with the BBC. I don't like tiny politicians. Have some of that, Tony Hall. Have some. There's your impartiality. There we go. Eat that. I don't like tiny politicians. What, and David Cameron was rude to me once on the, the sofa of the one show when I offered him a, 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 a sausage roll. That's a true story. That's a true he story. A pasty, I offered him a sausage roll. As, it was bants. It was on air bants. I was told to do it. Uh, no, I don't think I'm going to have one of those. Right, and then the pro... It wasn't John Major, but uh, then the programme ended, right? And this is before he was Prime Minister, when he had to suck up to people, and it was Adrian Charles and that woman. The programme ended. He sat next to me. And then what he did... So I'm, I'm sat there, and he sat... And what he did, the programme ended. He shifted and turned his back to me so he could have, like, an in-depth talk with Charles and Bleakley. And I'm sat there holding a tray of sausage rolls. <laughs> like Mrs Overall. And I'm there for about a minute, <laughs> trying to... Uh-huh, yeah... Adrian, I'm going to... I'll see you later, Adrian, I'm going to go. <laughs> nothing, oh. nothing. Oh. That's, so that's why I don't like David Cameron. That's, that's the reason I don't like him. And if that's not impartial, then do you know what? Kyle says, my nan... Well, by the way, we're, using the, we're saying crumb instead of the worst swear word of all time, OK, guys? Kyle says, my nan once said the crumb word. She was nearly 80 and had never sworn before or since. Gosh, she didn't need to. She Ever- did the whole lot. <laughs> Ever seen an old person swear? 08459 555. And c- guys, no one, no one can put forward a good argument for why kids need mobile phones in schools. They don't. And it's been proven that if they don't have mobile phones in schools, they do better. It's been proven. Do you know what I think is a real pity? Yeah. The mobile phone means that now there's no notes being passed. Don't need to. You just text each other you or WhatsApp. You just WhatsApping, isn't it? You just WhatsApping um, a, a rude crying cactus. Yeah. Or um, Kath- uh, Catherine is a bender. Oh. 
or um, Kelly, Smelly Kelly, Smelly Kelly Betts. All, all Smelly Kelly Betts are off. Smelly. Don't get it. Wasn't my name at school, so don't count. <laughs> ah! Ian. Sorry. Ian. Ian, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got any taxes or any contributions to the show, or do I turn your microphones off again? Nick Clegg's legacy to the nation is the five years thick term of office. Nick's legacy! The legacy. And Marcia in Bedford's got beef with the Royals. Go on. Harry's right. All of these spoilt and no. racist rich brats <laughs> need to do national service. Don't think he's racist. Oh, come on. They all are. Rich no. people are racist. That's a fact. Is that something they dish out with a £50 That notes? is a fact. It's not as if they'll ever pay any taxes. Too busy avoiding, says Marcia in Bedford. I love boobs, I love bras, I love conversation. If only there was some way of combining the three. Well, thanks to Japan, there is. There's another thing you like, Japan. A Japanese f a bosom buddy, a bra that can talk. Ooh. <laughs> I know loads of them. Well, I know a lot of people who try to make your bra talk by talking to your boobs. <laughs> and you have to say, they're not going to answer. Have you got boobs, Kath? Oh, Have yeah. I? You should bring them in one day. A Japanese... <laughs> a Japanese firm has invented a talking bra. Of course it has. This is what we've been waiting for all of our lives, haven't we? To give the wearer... <laughs> uplifting messages. <clears throat> its makers say it contains sensors. Boob sensors which can pick up nervousness in the woman's voice or an increased <laughs> pulse rate. So, what, you're giving a top presentation, you're standing there in front of the whiteboard and all of a sudden there's a tiny voice that says, you are amazing. Yeah, it does. It actually does. <laughs> tiny speakers built into the stitching <laughs> then deliver encouraging messages such as, I'm not going to do the Japanese accent. No, I don't, because I heard someone doing a Japanese accent the other day on radio and it sounded awful. If you give it your best, you'll be OK. Go for it! <laughs> or if a wearer asks, do I look beautiful, the bra will answer, very beautiful! Or, totally radiant! <laughs> it can also be plugged into a smartphone, oh. allowing the wearer to record how many steps she's taken, the distance travelled and the number of carriers... <laughs> It's got a good name. It's got a catchy name. The thing with these products, right, is it, and, when, and this is true of anything, you've got a new bit of technology, catchy name. Marketing. iPad, telly, um, computer. It's got a big catchy name, hasn't it? Um, calculator. Calculator. Toaster. <laughs> the wearable womanliness boosting bra. Oh. And Kelly's dealing with a complaint. Dealing with it excellently, I have to say. Mm, Whenever she says I'm passing your comments on, that's a complaint. Shame it doesn't come through to me. The wearable womanliness boosting bra was unveiled in Tokyo last week by lingerie firm Triumph. The WWBB. Triumph is also the... Uh, they make motorbikes. Yeah. Okay. So they... Uh, the <laughs> no. Can I not do the joke about bangers? Go on. So they obviously work a lot uh, with bangers. I mean, that was it. It comes at a time when the Japanese government is trying to boost the economy by encouraging more women to work. Well, those women will be working uh, by having a talking bra. But everyone else will know. Well, yeah, it will, it will, I'm assuming it will be quite discreet in the way that uh, it, it, it says that. 
08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Maybe you want to deal with that issue. That, uh, <laughs> oh, dearie, dearie me. Hey, there's a thing here, right? And I don't, I don't, um, uh, they say, that, say it as though it's a bad thing. How front gardens by the million are being concreted over for cars and front gardens don't really count as a garden, do they? Your front garden isn't, it's not the garden. If your front garden was the garden, then you'd grow vegetables in it, wouldn't you? You'd grow vegetables in it. You do. The front garden is functional. It's not a. Gar, it's not an actual garden. The back garden is the garden. We grow the vegetables. The English front garden used to be a source of pride for homeowners. Really? No. I don't think ever. Who delighted in bringing a touch of colour to towns and cities while impressing passers-by. But you don't sit... The only time I ever sat in my front garden was when I lived at 108 Leighton Gardens in Kensal Green in northwest London and I was waiting for my mate Justin to come home. It was 2 o'clock in the morning and I was completely bladdered and I was drinking red wine out of a pint glass. And uh, I hilariously um, took uh, a sofa and an old puff into the front garden and sat there waiting, thinking this will be hilarious when he comes home. He didn't even know... I think I may have fallen asleep. He didn't even notice... That's the only time I've sat in the front garden. Who, who knew? The front garden isn't a thing, is it? But the floral displays that once graced homes across the land are disappearing in their millions, concreted over to become parking spaces. We were one of the first people in our street to have uh, our uh, front garden smashed in to become a driveway. We never look back. In the, which is unfortunate, we, we knocked someone over once because we should have looked back. In the past 10 years, 15% of the total plant cover in front of homes has disappeared, turning neighbourhoods from green to grey, according to these do-gooders make me want to puke. The Royal Horticultural Society. Uh, what's their agenda? You do-gooders. In a report to be launched at the opening of the Chelsea Flower Show, mm-hmm. look out, um, Ringo Starr. He's always there. The RHS says the percentage of front gardens entirely... Pa- Who can... I mean, seriously. You know my garden's for? Getting annoyed because people cut across it. Oi! You haven't got a front, you haven't got a front I garden. I have a tiny one. You haven't, mate. You've got, you've got a, little, um, a little patch that's balding. No, I've put some flowers in it recently. No, mate. It's, not, it's nothing there. There are. You've got steps on it. That's why people cut across it. I don't got steps on it. I got a nice new drive. They still cut across. No. The, listen, guys, the front garden is not a thing. All right? Deal with it, RHS. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. M1, it's looking slow southbound from Junction 10 for Luton Airport to 9 for Redbourne. And on the M25, there are queues anti-clockwise between Junction 22 for St Albans and 19 for Watford at the A41. On the M40, from the Swakely, from the Denham roundabout towards the M25, there are queues. It's also affecting the Swakely's roundabout to Uxbridge as well. And in Amersham, looking at the speed sensors on Plantation Road, that's been partially blocked by an accident to Green Lane. Also in Beaconsfield on Amersham Road, there are delays between Longbottom Lane and the A40 London Road. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 
7.45. It's Monday the 18th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. New parking charges come into force in central Milton Keynes today, with centre workers criticising a rise in the cost of employee permits. Eleven men are due to stand trial at the Old Bailey, accused of child sex abuse in Aylesbury. And David Cameron will today underline government plans to expand seven-day services in the NHS. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's quite a wet and windy start to the new week. We have some heavy rain pushing through this morning, followed by some rather gusty winds. It's going to help push the rain, but it is going to get quite windy, especially as it starts to clear. Behind it, later on this afternoon, the rain should clear and we should get some sunny spells. Still potential of one or two quite heavy showers, but we should end the day with some sunshine. Maximum temperature 15 Celsius. Overnight, we'll have some showers still hanging on to the breeze, so the temperature's not dropping down too far. It's going to be around 6 Celsius as a minimum. And tomorrow it's sunshine and showers. But these showers tomorrow are fairly big showers and could be mixed with some hail and some thunder. A bit cooler at 14 Celsius. And that's your forecast. Sometimes in life, things don't always go to plan. It worked perfectly for two and a half, three years till two days ago. He should refund me £1,900. Which is where we come in. We managed to get them to agree to come back in to the property on an agreed date. The JVS show takes on your consumer problems. Uh, I've basically lost the whole lot in administration charges. And helps to get to the right solution. I've received a cheque back for £578. Jonathan, I can't thank you enough. I don't know how you do what you do, you and your team. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you wonder why I'm talking a lot, it's because we ain't got nothing. I mean, the the, the two stories, what we've got, I mean, they're... they're, they're ah, you know, so... We're making do with what we have, and what we have is me. I know. I stayed in a hotel on uh, Friday night. Friday night. It's a hotel I regularly stay in. I regularly stay in it because it's cheap. Now, this hotel still has smoking rooms, and I have... Uh, yeah, I know, and I have turned up, and they've gone, we've only got smoking rooms available. Hey, that's fine. But it's not fine. You go in, oh, flipping it. Do you know what? It stinks. It's weird seeing an ashtray in a hotel room and it stinks and the bed stinks and everything stinks and you come out stinking. I didn't get put in a smoking room on Friday. I did get put... I, I thought, uh, cocky-locky. They put me in a double room. Normally I get a single room and I'm thinking, hmm, double room. Okay, this is, this is kind of cool. And then I was looking... And it's one of those rooms that doesn't have a minibar, doesn't have any th- facilities like that. You go in, and there's a telly, and there's a bed, and that's kind of it. But there were loads of, um, uh, like, bottles. There were bottles, uh, but by the tea-making facilities. Right? And I thought, well, that's weird. It's like a bar. They've got a bar in here. And then it's just that the bottles were, like, half full, or there was, like, a little bit. It was like, there was, like, uh, like a pink wine... And there was Carver. There were about about a dozen bottles. And it looked like my mum's old drinks cabinet from the 80s. And I thought, this is very strange. And then I went into the bathroom and there was an empty bottle of Listerine and there was a can of Coke with a straw in it. And all of the towels were in the sink. And they were dirty and they had hairs on. They hadn't cleaned the hotel room. Now, I did check. They had changed the sheets... Had they not changed the sheet, well, even if they hadn't changed the sheets, do you know what? I probably would have, I would have inspected it, I would have sniffed it, I would have touched it for moistness, and I would have slept in it had it been okay. 
or I'd have slept on the other side of the bed. The sheets have been changed, but they hadn't cleaned the room, so there's all these booze bottles, there's all these dirty towels, and in the morning when I had a shower, I did the um, uh, I did the, the towel test to see if any of these towels were suitable to dry myself. They were damp. I found in, um, uh, in the cupboard, I found a towel that, well, it was more of a flannel, really, and I kind of managed to wipe myself d- dry with uh, what was little more than a flannel. But it was absolutely disgusting. Now, I I didn't complain because I've stayed in this hotel before and I've stayed in a room that had no lights, none of the lights works, and uh, and the gentleman who was checking in before... he was When I was checking in, it was quite late, it was about uh, nine o'clock. I'd been out for ribs. And there was a young man, he was about 22, and he was... (laughs) He was saying to the poor woman behind the counter, but my toilet don't work. And she said, well, we can't put you in another room because all of the rooms are booked. You're just going to have to, you know, you're just going to have to use that room. He said, but but what if I need to have a wee in the night? She said, well, could you hold it? He said, no, I like to, I like to wee a lot in the night. I might like, I might, and he said, I might want to, what if I want to do a poo? He said, what if I want to do a pool in the night? And she said, well, you're just going to have to hold it. All the rooms are booked up. He said, well, but that's not fair because like, I've paid for a room and I might want to do a pool in the night. Is there not another room? And she said, she said something the most mysterious thing I've ever heard. She said, look, OK, we've got a room that we can't rent out. We cannot rent this room out. This is what I'm thinking. Is this haunted? They've got a haunted room. She said, look, we can't rent this room out. We don't. We don't tell anybody about this room. It's two floors above yours. But you can't stay in it. But what I'm going to let you do is I'm going to give you the key to that room. And if you need... She didn't say if you need to do a pool. (laughs) She said, but if you need the toilet facilities in the night, you can go up and use what I am now calling the haunted room. And he went away and he seemed very, very happy with that solution. <laughs> he seemed happy with that solution. But I felt, this poor lad, but what if I need to do a pool in the well, night? That's a valid and I, as I, I wee four, five, six times in the night. I couldn't be doing with A, going up two flights of stairs and B, going into a haunted room to do a wee. I don't do a pool in the night. I timed that perfectly. But My what's the alternative? Didn't... I mean, they're going to end up with all kinds, aren't they? She did say... <laughs> she didn't suggest the sink, did she? She suggested the sink wow. before the poo got involved. OK. Well, it was just wish. Well, you could, you could, you could use the sink. Wow! And that's when he said, "But, but what if I need a pool?" <laughs> I felt so. so I mean, what? This, these are the classic. And people say to me, "Why do you stay in this hotel?" I stay there every week. A, because it's cheap, and B, because I feel like um, an out-of-work alcoholic writer living in France. All oh, right. Do you know what I mean? If poetic. You've got, yeah, yeah, it's poetic. I feel like I'm suffering for my art. This is my art. I'm going to buy you some watercolors so you can paint the room. I stayed in a hotel once that I was told was going to be a top London hotel. It came free with a Take That concert. Oh, top London hotel, Take That concert. Beautiful. I'm, very, I'm there. I was very pregnant, which meant that my uh, defences were down for complaining. Yeah. We got back after the Take That concert. Guess where the hotel was? It wasn't in London. It was in Luton. What? Yeah, it was in Luton. Do you know what? And as I laid down on the pillow, I thought, <laughs> this is not clean. This, this is, is not clean. This is why I hate, right? I hate places that say I, I hate I hate Luton because it's it pretends it's it, London, it's London Luton. London Luton. You're not London Luton, mate. You're not. 
And if I was Japanese or American, I'd sue your ass off. Well, the thing was, there were loads of people from Hull on the coach, so they all thought they were in London because everything... It's not London, it's Luton. It's Luton, Luton. And another thing I hate is Milton Keynes. New city, have that. It's not a city, it's a town. Why do I... Milton Keynes, new city. Is a... Hey, who's this fella? Oh, he's been getting me on Facebook. Someone's playing Knock Down Ginger, or as he calls it, Knock Up Ginger on the Texas. Right. And he's been doing this to me on Facebook. So oh. someone rings my Facebook doorbell, and I go and look to see who it is, and they've gone. What? It's a different one. No, it's not. Oh, Tony, flipping it. Right. Oh, blimey. Well, I've been talking to him. Well, let's all stop. Ian, it sounds like you stayed at the Premier Inn. No, no, no. Premier Inn's good. Premier, Premier, Premier Inn, you know what you're going to get. Lenny Henry. You're going to get Len, Lenny Edwards. Lenny Henry. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to. Uh, the other thing about the remote control in that London hotel that was in Luton. Yeah. It was held together with gaffer tape. Oh, oh. yeah. Unsatisfactory. Hey, and another thing that gets me angry: the Daily Mirror. I'll tell you why. You go to page thirty-five. Oh, I wonder what's on telly tonight. I might watch a bit of telly. I won't. Does anyone use the telly page anymore? My granddad used to tick it. Used to work out what he was going to watch. My mum had one of those awful machines to set the video. Where do they still have the numbers in? Yes. Oh, I remember that. That was technology. They that. don't have the numbers anymore. The where each program would have like an eight-digit number by it, and you'd then type it into a machine, and then zap it to the video, and it would the video would then set. Yeah. To record. Normally halfway through. Yeah, and that was the future. My mum loved that, except her eyes and her hands were... T her, she couldn't see and her eyes were shaky. So it'd take her like an hour... Um, it, it, uh, it'd take her like an hour to uh, to set the blooming thing. So they don't have that anymore. But you go to page 35 of the Daily Mirror. Right, and the pick of the day... The pick of the day mm -hmm. is episodes... Oh. Starring Matt Mangan. LeBlanc and my nemesis, Stephen, poor man Stephen Coogan. Look at his buck teeth. He's got one look he can do and one stupid voice, Mangan. Oh, he's all right. He's not all right. He's like He's rubbish. Tamsin Gregg's in it. She's just beautiful, and I absolutely love her because she's got a slightly wonky eye and a big nose, and I think she's adorable. But this is the worst. This is... It's se series four... Of episodes, and it's just the worst. Yeah, guys, we've got that little content. I'm slagging off what's in the TV listings pages. It's it's one of the worst programs of all time. It's not funny. It's not. In, it's a nice idea, but that's it. But and it don't work. It don't work. It's rubbish. Stephen Flippin' Mangan. Hey, I've got a text. Thank goodness for that. Just take your time and read it really, really slowly. And maybe read it two or three times. Because okay. I am completely out of stories. This is a text, OK. And we haven't got or a guest to talk about parking at eight o'clock. I'm okay. not being funny, guys, but uh, you've got to give me more than this. OK, listen. We've got a text from Mark. Yes. A text message, if you will. The Video Plus. Thank you, Alan. Or a textual message. Yes. From Mark in Bedford. Yes. And he says, thusly. Yes. Talking about old people swearing. I was stood watching a South American panpipe band with my children in Bournemouth. Yeah. What happened to those guys? They were very big at one point, weren't they? Yep. A very smartly dressed old gentleman came and stood next to me and said, what a bleeping racket. Without another word, shuffled off. 
Mark and Bedford. We're asking old people swearing. I've got a great old pe- person swearing story. I've told you the Paul McCartney and David Blaine, and this is true. This no, is tell the, me. It. Um, so you know, remember when David Blaine was uh, used to be a magician? Then he stopped being a magician, became a twit. Yeah, who sits in boxes? Yeah, and he was sitting in the box, right? right? And it was rubbish. And we're all thinking, what's the? We're, we're all watching him sitting in a box for like two months, thinking, oh, the trick is going to be at the end, he's going to disappear. He could talk to that guy in Birmingham because he knows yeah. about not going to the toilet. In exactly. The right? right. And it was rubbish. It was rubbish. And Paul McCartney, a drunk Paul McCartney, I love this story and it's true. A drunk Paul McCartney was uh, walking along the Thames with a, like his, a, a couple of people. Um, and there were like loads of press there, of course, because it's David Blaine in the box. And so the press were there. And the press went, hey, have a look, it's, it's Paul McCartney. Flipping it. We're going, hey, Macca, hey, Macca. And Macca said, and this is, this is verifiable, I'm not talking, lads. Why don't you F off? I've just come to see that crumb in a box. Wow. <laughs> Old people swearing. Old people and pop stars swearing, ladies and gentlemen. We can combine that. 08459 455555. You can text 81333. Start your text 3CR. If you want to send me an email, that oh, you certainly can do as well. Ian.lee, I-N.L-E-A-B-B-C.co.uk. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The queues on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 22 for St Albans and 16 for the M40 and out of London on the M40 towards Junction 20, Junction 1A for the M25 from the Denham roundabout there are queues. On the M40 London Road between Junction 5 for Stoke and Church and Junction 4 for High Wycombe that's looking busy as well and it's also affecting the A404 southbound from the High Wycombe Handicross roundabout to the Bisham roundabouts. In Amersham on Plantation Road, that's been partially blocked by an accident at Green Lane in both directions. And in Stevenage on Hitchin Road, that's looking really busy on the speed sensors around Corey's Mill Lane. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. In the next hour, we'll have a little bit of Justin Dealey, I think. He's been sorely missed. Also, your calls on when have you begged? I had to beg to get, um... To get an, a bid I'd put on an auction by mistake. I put it on by mistake. It cost me $700. I had to beg to get it cancelled. I'm going to pay them $100 and we'll never mention it again. Your worst hotel rooms and when have you seen an old person or a pop star swearing? 08459 455 555. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, criticism of Milton Keynes parking charges, 11 men to stand trial charged with Aylesbury child sex abuse, the nine-year-old boy injured in Hemel Hempstead collision. BBC Three Counties Radio. New parking charges come into force in central Milton Keynes today. Centre workers have criticised a rise in the cost of employee permits of almost £100 a year. Shoppers face paying £2 an hour in the premium bays. Melanie Beck chairs the Milton Keynes centre management representing 40,000 employees. You're also dealing with people who are on the minimum wage. You're, put, you're talking to people who work in call centres. You're dealing with people who are working in retail who are earning the very basic in, mini, in minimum wage. And to have 
a, a significant increase on the, of this nature is a large amount of money. Eleven men are due to stand trial at the Old Bailey today, accused of child sex abuse in Aylesbury. The men face a number of different charges, including child prostitution and rape. They include six men from Aylesbury, one from Milton Keynes, one from Chesham and one from Buckingham. Police are appealing for witnesses after a nine-year-old boy was seriously injured in a road collision in Hemel Hempstead on Saturday afternoon. It happened on Redbourne Road next to the Maylands Industrial Park just before 10 to 2. The boy was in collision with a grey Kia car and suffered serious head injuries. He was airlifted to a London hospital. Police in Milton Keynes have discovered a man's body after searching a house in Bean Hill where two men were arrested in connection with a burglary. The body of the man in his 40s was discovered on Saturday afternoon. Police say his death is unexplained but not suspicious. David Cameron will use his first major speech since the election to underline government plans to expand seven-day services in the NHS. Doctors are already warning that without tackling the chronic shortage of doctors, the announcement is just empty headline-grabbing. But Health Secretary Jeremy Hunt says keeping services going at weekends isn't always more expensive. It may actually be more cost-effective to have your operating theatres going over Saturdays and Sundays than just trying to build more operating theatres that you operate Monday to Friday. So that's what we're going to look into. Uh, but we know that uh, up to 3,000 people lose their lives every year because they don't get the proper clinical cover they need at the weekends. Talks aimed at averting a strike by thousands of network rail workers over the bank holiday will be held at the conciliation service. The RMT union is planning a 24-hour walkout from next Monday evening. Specialist police officers have continued the search for missing Hertfordshire man Brian Byrne over the weekend. Three boats searched stretches of the River Lee near Broxbourne. The 58-year-old from Hartford was last seen on Thursday, May the 7th. In sport, in yesterday's Premier League matches, Manchester United and Arsenal drew one all at Old Trafford. Manchester City won 4-2 at Swansea. Tonight, champions Chelsea visit West Brom. The weather rain this morning, which will clear this afternoon to leave some sunny spells, a maximum temperature of 15 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. <laughs> I just said something very, very rude to Kelly Betts there. Very rude. No, 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 no. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Ever seen an old person swear? Ever seen a pop star in a bad mood? When have you begged? And rubbish hotels. That'll do. That sounds like a recipe for uh, content. 81333, start your text 3CR. You can give us a call, 08459 455 555. And not one parent has been able to justify kids having school phones in schools. There's a study that says if kids don't have phones in schools, guess what? They do better. Well, ofs. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. That's just like common sense, isn't it? Isn't it? It seems pretty obvious to me. But parents will say, oh, yeah, well, my 11-year-old needs a phone at school. Why? So that I know he's safe. Well, no, that I'm afraid, guys. That's part of the growing up process for them. And part of the growing up process for us as parents 
We're all growing up and letting our kids go off to, to big school and get the bus there and, you know, th- th- kind of keeping our fingers crossed a little bit until they come back up. That's part of it, isn't it? Deal with it, guys. Deal with it, guys. 08459 455 555. Now, an update on a story that we recently covered. Do you remember the name Clive Wilkinson mean anything to you? It may, it may not. Uh, he was a Bedfordshire... He is a Bedfordshire firefighter and he was trekking in a remote valley in Nepal when the earthquake struck. Well, uh, at first, Clive's family thought he may be dead. He wasn't, and he's on the line now. Morning, Clive. Morning. Uh, d- d- tell us what happened. Where were you, and, and, and well, just what happened? Uh, we were in the, uh, an area in Nepal called Rosora, um, very close to the Langtang Valley, um, and we just were doing the Langtang trek, um, and we crossed over to the other valley, um, and we are at a place called Bridim, and the earthquake struck, um, and... It was very frightening. A lot of the buildings collapsed in the village we were in. Um, a couple of people died in the village. And it took us kind of five days to, to get out of the area um, and back to Kathmandu. Now, Clive, when you say, uh, when you say the village, what, what, how big was it? How many, what kind of properties were there? Um, there was a vari- variation of like lodges for trekkers and just uh, family homes for the, for the locals. Right. About 70, 70 families live in, live in the village. I have never been in an earthquake. What, d- what did it feel like? Was it obvious that's what it was straight away? Uh, to begin with, it was um, like a, a tremor, a small tremor. Um, I identified it quite quickly with my wife, said I think there's been a, a tremor, and then it went into the full earthquake. Flipping which egg. we were told lasted about a minute, but it felt a lot longer than a minute. And, uh, and people died where you were? Yeah, um, there was, we, uh, when we were there, there was one person had died, an old lady had got trapped in a, oh a bit, I'd been hit, hit by falling debris, and then we found out since we'd been back there was actually two, two deaths in the village. And then were you, you were stranded in that village? We were there for about two days because the aftershocks uh, continued for 24 hours and for days after that, um, and it wasn't safe for us to go down to the nearest village where the road uh, is to get the bus. Um, and then, So we stayed there for two days, and then when we felt it was safer... We then had to get back down to the other village, um, and that took quite a, that was quite an ordeal because a lot of the path had been um, had been damaged by large landslides. Were you scared? You're, I know you're a firefighter, and you you know you 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 put yourself at risk for us. So thanks for that. And you're you're, you're telling this in a very matter of fact way. Were you? I'd have been flipping terrified. Uh, yeah, I was, <laughs> particularly when the earthquake was happening, and even even after the aftershocks, they went on all night. I didn't sleep at all that that first night because there were just aftershakes. There was rock falls occurring around the valley that surrounds the the village and uh i mean fortunately none of the rocks came down to us but we, obviously mm. i was aware of that and quite frightened that that might happen uh, and you couldn't when you were there were you i mean did you have any radios or anything were you aware of just how massive this was i think when when the earthquake happened obviously never been um you know never been in one before um, I thought, was that a big quake? And then quite quickly we had people, our Nepalese friends were on the phone to, to people when they could get a signal and heard Kathmandu had been hit quite badly and that 300 people had died. So straight mm. away we knew it was quite, that it was obviously a big one and, and had killed quite a few people. Um, and as, as the hours went on, we were he- hearing more reports. Uh, fortunately, we were able to get hold of a phone and then ring home just to tell our, like, um, you know, our families that we were OK. How long did it take you to get in contact with, with home? I think it was about after the quake, I think probably a couple of hours when somebody managed to get a signal there. There was another uh, British couple with us um, who were trekking and they had a phone. We, uh, we didn't have a phone that worked. And then eventually they managed to get a signal and uh, get messages home. Blimey. 
That must have been a relief for your family. You, it, you, it we were obviously watching it on telly. And for, yeah, for but them. I think what, for us, we knew kind of what was going on, but my family and the other people's families, they kept on seeing they'd be after quotes, other people killed. So they were very worried. They didn't hear from us for three days after that because the next time um, we contacted was about three days later. And that was to ask them for a helicopter, wasn't it? Uh, basically, yeah. I love it. <laughs> we, we've heard the answer phone message. and it's yeah, you, I, is, it, is it your brother-in-law we spoke to? It's my brother-in-law, yeah, because we, we had no contact with the British Embassy in Kathmandu. Um, we had a French, a group of French trekkers there. They were in contact with their embassy. They were trying to organise evacuation because we knew the roads were out due to landslides after the earthquake. So it, we, we were getting desperate. You know, we're not going to get out without getting helicoptered out. Um, we got no contact with our embassy. So it was, it was us and the other couple ringing home and saying, can you contact the embassy here? Apparently they didn't get a very good, um, I think, to begin with, my sister who, who um, was contacting the Foreign Office didn't really get um, a lot of information, mm. so they were very, very worried. Uh, and we were going to speak, because Justin, our reporter Justin Dealey grabbed you at the airport and spoke to you, and then we, we, we were going to speak to you on the show, but then like some kind of slacker, you went back to work immediately. Well, it was actually, I thought I was going to be at work on the Tuesday um, when I first spoke to your reporter, but I was actually at work on Wednesday. But, uh, but yeah, I went back to, back to work quite quickly. And... Um, what, what kind of reaction did you get back when you went uh, back to work? Well, I've, I'm, I'm a bit, people had seen me on um, on the TV and obviously the reports in the paper, um, and they've got me down as um, in one of the newspapers as the fire chief, but I'm not. <laughs> so I've had a little bit of ribbing over that. But, but apart from that, people have been very positive and obviously pleased to see me back and, and, and uninjured. Well, it's an incredible story. You've started fundraising now, haven't you? Yeah, we have, yeah. We had, we, we've set up um, a youcaring.com page on Facebook um, called Help Resora, and we're up to £2,500. Our target at the moment is £5,000. Now, we did a car wash yesterday at Dunstable Fire Station. My colleagues, they were fantastic, and we managed to raise £615. So it's all going well at the moment. If um, people want to find this on Facebook, how, I, I don't know. I don't know these pages on there. Yeah, what what you, do they do? If you search on uh, Facebook, put "Help Rasura Nepal." That's spelt R-A-S-U-W-A. Yeah. And obviously Nepal, they'll find the site. It gives information of Brilliant. what happened to us, um, and I'd, I'd hope that people um, would donate. Um, a lot of people are liking it, which is a bit frustrating, but they're not donating. Yeah. Um, so if you like it, can you please donate? Uh, Clive, listen, honestly, it's it's such an incredible story, and um, we're so pleased that you managed to make it back, and, uh, and congratulations on your promotion to Fire Chief. <laughs> yes, thanks very much. <laughs> Clive, best of luck. Thank you, mate. Clive Wilkinson. Blimey, eh, Kels? You have been in an earthquake. No. They have them in Greece. They have them in Greece a lot. Thank you for that. They have them in Greece a lot. I've seen nothing on the scale of that. And my wife's been in like loads of earthquakes, some small ones, some slightly bigger ones. I've never been in an earthquake. Wouldn't want to be in one like that. Blimey. There was a little one here. Yeah, I know. The ones in England don't count. My bed was shaking. I woke up and I thought, oh, and I'm quite a logical woman, but um, shaking, the, eh? the first thought was, oh, possessed. Oh, yeah, of course, of course, as you would do. As, Jumped as, to that conclusion. As you would do. To a woman of science. The ones in this, this uh, country don't count. The worst that happened, I think, was um, um, a chimney fell off a house in Wilsdon. That yeah. was it. My sister's been in loads, though. She's living in San Francisco. Do you know what you have to do? Stand in the door frame. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the strongest part of the and house. And if there's a nuclear bomb, you have to uh, hide under a table and cover it with a Sheet. Duck and cover, innit? Yeah, that's going to work, guys, against um, the A-bomb. Have we got any Texas? Let's have a look. Let's have a little look. 81333, start your text, 3CR! OK, here we go. Party time, party text. Hey, anyone got any party texts? I don't do that. Just, just a little party text, guys. I don't do party texts. 
What's a party text? I don't know. It sounds filthy. It doesn't it just, I don't do party texts, guys. This, and I'm telling your mum that you're doing party texts. Disco Dave says, yes. swearing Nan. Oh, yeah. Grand was suffering from dementia and Alzheimer's living in a care home. She always remembered I played music for dancing and there was one care worker she didn't like. Yeah. And she called him Chicken. When we asked, she said it's because he's an effing... Right, OK. Oh. Male chicken. Yeah. What? Wife had never heard her swear before. Had to try very hard to keep a straight face, as yep. Disco Dave. Yep. Yeah, yep. I remember when my granddad's medication went wrong. He got very sweary. Oh yeah, my granddad got very sweary when he had uh, when he had dementia. It's 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 the the relaxation of inhibitions. Mm -hmm. He got quite racist as well, but I think he may have been. Anyway, just the truth came out. The, the truth, as he saw it. The truth came out. It's like a truth drug. Hey, have they invented a truth drug yet? Probably. They should do. It's called booze, isn't it, Lambrini? No, there is something that you could. That is a truth drug, and if you have it. It, you can't, you can't lie. Oh, my case blew wicked. Why don't they give that to um, uh, people they suspect of being crooks? Hey, those um, young girls that were the, you know, the ISIS jihadi brides. Yeah. They want to come back. Give them the truth drug. If it exists, does it exist? Say, I think it exists. Or maybe you, it's in a film. Do you really hate it over there, or are you coming back to kill to, us to, all? Yeah. Uh, now listen, guys. Did you actually uh, uh, want to split up with those your husbands, or are you, you going to blow us up, guys? Come now. Be on it. Look in my eyes. No, I believe them. Wave them through. Wave them through. Here's Imagine them going back to school. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do on your summer holiday? I was a jihadi bride. That was great. I'm better great now. Fun. Yeah, I'm better now, thank you. <laughs> what did you do in your gap year before uni? Hey, you're 20 and we're all 19 at uni. What did you do in your gap year? I was a jihadi bride. Oh, blimey. <laughs> Lisa Hunter sent us some tweets about an awful hotel room in Greece. Yeah, steady with this. I'll be very careful. A youth hostel into the mix in Athens in 1989, it actually made me cry and I yes. got bitten to death. Oh. My two-week-old well, unwashed on. beach towel was clean. Yes. Cleaner than the sheets. Oh. So I wrapped myself in that and I got offered a joint with my brekkie. Hey! At one point, I pulled back the blanket for the purpose of this news piece and let's just say, dirty. <sighs> a joint for breakfast, guys. What country was that in? Greece. Yeah. Oh, really? Can oh. I just say, joints are bad, and they're certainly not one of your five a day. Don't have them for breakfast, guys. That's more of a... Well, do you know what? I've invented this thing. It's kind of a combination between breakfast and lunch, right? And what I've done is I've put the words together to make breakfast, which is a nice little... So I'm going to invite people out for breakfast now. So it's just like in between... It's not 11s is. It's in between breakfast and lunch. Guys, fancy a, a, a business breakfast? It works, I think. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 there are queues southbound because there's been an accident between Junction 5 for the A41 at Watford and Junction 4 for Edgware, which is causing some delays. On the M25 there are queues anti-clockwise between Junction 22 for St Albans and 16 for the M40. And in Amersham it's still very busy because Plantation Road's been blocked in both directions by an accident at Green Lane. It's causing queues on the A355 Amersham Road southbound between the Longbottom Lane and the A40 London Road. Looking at the train departure boards and London Midland and Virgin Trades West Coast still have delays southbound from Watford Junction to London Euston because of overhead line problems at South Hampstead. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Right, 8.16. Oh, no. Oh, no. Do you know what I've just remembered? I've got the kids today. <laughs> oh, no, that's going to be hard work. You don't, what are you doing after your show? 
I'm busy. Well, I'm do you want to pop over to mine? No. Well, come on, man. We'll have fun. You can look after the kids. We've got a plastic cricket set now. It's raining. Yeah. The last thing I want to be is stuck inside with children. Uh, you can watch uh, A Turtle's Tale 2 with them while I have a doze. <laughs> I'll give you a tenner. Why can't a tenner? Yes, mate. All right, a fiver if you're going to grumble. <laughs> come on, help me, help me out. No. And that's the headlines. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hi. Hi. How are you? You're right. Yeah, I'm alright. It's a miserable day out there. In, and in here. Not the kind of uh, not the kind of no. day that you want to be looking after children. Oh, God. And it's my children as well. They're, they're so like annoying. Caged animals. Oh dear. They're can so you, annoying. Can you send your children in the rain? Can I send them in the rain? Yes, I and the guard. Yeah, yeah, of course I can. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go out and, go out and play. Lock in the doors. Let's back <laughs> in. You've got another hour. Stay out there. It's daddy's time. <laughs> they're so annoying, my children. They really are. Really? Yeah, they're a pain. Oh, that's nice. Hey, oh! Just remember something we could have talked about for the whole show. I'll tell you later on. I'll tell you later on. I'll tell you, keep listening, guys. Oh, God. I knew there was something I meant to talk about. On that just, cliffhanger. Yeah, I've got, I thought of content. Watson, oh, it's, is it? What have you got today? Driving it's at some special. point. Yeah. It's, a, yeah, it's a JVS show special yeah. today from nine. Um, coming up from nine this morning, do you have any sympathy for the drivers caught speeding on the M1? Oh. From nine, I want your calls on an investigation we've conducted on the JVS show into the number of people being fined on the M1 after failing to notice changes to the variable speed restrictions. Anyone who uses the M1 will know that the gantry cameras, you know those signs where they show you how fast you can be going? Yes. They often change. Yeah, don't they? And you have to constantly check them to make sure that you're not breaking the speed limit. Well, well from the figures we've obtained from Bedfordshire Police, it would appear many drivers are either ignoring or missing changes to the speed limit and they're being fined as a result of it. The most interesting thing about this whole investigation is that around half the people who've been fined have been fined for doing less than 70 miles an hour. Oh. And in some cases, drivers have been fined for doing as little as 56 miles per hour on the motorway. Yeah. Well, from nine this morning, I want your reaction to this. Hear the full details. And I want to know whether you have any sympathy for the drivers caught speeding on the M1. Your calls, your stories on 08459 455 555 from nine. What a night for Wickham Wanderers. Second leg of the League Two playoff. It's half time in the tie. It's Wickham Wanderers three, Plymouth Argyle two. It's on a knife edge. Wickham are through to the League Two playoff final. And it comes to the near post. More is there, it's a goal, Wickham have got a second, Alfie Mawson direct from the corner. And of course we'll bring you the whole day right here. We'll be with the chair boys from first thing to final whistle. If you're going to get promoted, the best way is to do it at Wembley, you know, have a day out for the fans. They've been with us all season, you know, and it's a thank you to them for last year staying with us. Wickham against South End in the League Two playoff final. This Saturday, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, when you get a receipt after you've done your shopping, often on the back, well, um, I don't tend to read the back of the receipts, but you might want to uh, keep your eyes open for these, because some shops in Hertfordshire uh, are going to be printing messages about domestic abuse on the back of the receipts and how to spot the signs if someone is being abused. The messages will be on receipts from Homebase, Argos and the 99p store in uh, a campaign by Hertfordshire Police who are trying to raise awareness. Uh, joined by the uh, Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire, David Lloyd. Morning, David. Morning, Ian. Uh, where has this idea come from? 
Well, um, uh, it's come from uh, our Sunflower Centre, our domestic abuse uh, line, but it very much is in line with the uh, police and crime plan, which I'm refreshing at the moment, with its uh, focus very much on victims and especially on uh, those who suffer from domestic abuse. Um, it's a great idea, and the reason it's such a good idea is very often those people who do suffer from domestic abuse will, by its very nature, have a very controlling partner. Um, and what this does is gives key information in a place which um, is, is not where you'd expect to find it, key information where it will put the Sunflower uh, phone number 08088088088 on the back um, and you can then get advice and that really is important. And, and what, what is it going to say? Is it just going to say if you've got a problem call this number or, or, or what else does it say? Yes, you, do, you don't get a lot of space on a till receipt to, uh, to talk about uh, what the issues are but it does give those key contact numbers, and I think that's the, uh, the, the most important bit because um, those who suffer from domestic abuse, um, we've seen a great increase in reporting. I'm really delighted that it's gone up by 40% because that means more people do feel empowered. However, um, it has to be said that not enough people do it, and normally people have been the victim of abuse at least 37 times before they report anything. So are, the they need to get in. are the police, David, uh, because you talk about this, this Sunflower organisation, but some people may go directly to the police. Are, are they um, better equipped these days to deal with this kind of um, this kind of abuse? Yes, certainly. Um, and, and certainly if you are the, the victim of a violent attack, you should be dialing 999. But if you're dialing 101, which is our, our, our non-emergency line, we've got people there who will be able to take you through it. And of course, you've got the victim hub now as well, where you don't even have to report a, a crime. Um, you can actually uh, just, just talk but the sunflower center is the is is the real place where um you get a great deal of support we really are joined up that's 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 the message i want to give um we're joined up across all the agencies and doesn't matter which agency you go to you will be supported and i am determined that you get that support david stay there i want to bring natalie collins into the conversation natalie is an experienced consultant in the areas of domestic abuse and violence against women morning natalie good morning what do you think of this uh, this campaign I think, um, just as your other guest said, it's massively important that we raise awareness and get this information about abuse into um, into the hands of people who otherwise might not have access to it. But I would say um, that it is more as important what you have alongside the number, um, because actually lots of people, if you just put domestic abuse on a receipt, people are going to go, oh, that's not me, that's not my partner, I'm not in that sort of situation. And so actually there needs to be some way of saying something like, is your partner controlled? you or is your partner stopping you seeing friends or is your partner you know so so articulating what abuse is and I appreciate there's not much space to do that but actually we're not going to get the people who need to access this help accessing it unless the language that we use um, is something they can identify in their situation. I think this campaign and David will correct me if I'm wrong I think this is also partly aimed at friends and family members who may have concerns about someone close to them because when if it's happening to you because domestic abuse we always think it's people getting beaten up it's not necessarily that at all if it's happening to you it, it can be quite hard to recognize it can't it natalie oh absolutely 
absolutely. That I think if we're experiencing abuse, we um, we will constantly be in denial about that and be thinking, my partner's not that bad, I make him do it. We'll be thinking it's our fault that when somebody's telling us that we're not allowed to go out or telling us what to wear or controlling how much money we're allowed to spend or telling us, um, making the kids check up on us and saying to the kids, where's mum been, what's she been doing? Um, those sort of things, it's not easy to articulate that as abuse or being exhausted or controlled in other ways um, or being coerced into doing things sexually that we, we don't find comfortable, but we might not articulate that as abuse because it can be a really dangerous thing to say, I'm experiencing that. It can feel really, really uncomfortable and, and actually we can prefer to stay in denial. And actually, our partner's probably not that bad. He's a really nice man. He's a really lovely person. Everybody likes him. And, and that's the issue for family and friends too, that family and friends might think there's something wrong with this relationship but not be able to articulate. Mm. Or they might be thinking, well, he keeps telling me that she's, she's the one who's crazy. She's the one who's mad. And so actually then that family and friends can often be colluding with and supporting an abuser but without realising it. So I think it is we need to make sure that whoever's reading these receipts, the message they're getting is what abuse is, not just call this number. Natalie, in your experience, are the police get, getting better at dealing with this kind of situation? Um, I, yes, but I think to some, some degree, um, definitely. Um, I, you know, I think there's a really positive steps and, and there's a real need to keep going with that. So one of the main issues is that um, often um, the, those the specialist services that are brilliant, so usually that things like the Sunflower um, Project and other things will be really, really good, but I think what we need to do is focus on those non-specialist mm. um, people, so police officers on the street, just um, having them more um, more heavily trained in understanding this and getting it, so it's not just the specialist service, but across the board. But I would hope, um, that, as um, David said, that if anybody contacted the police, and I would um, really recommend that if somebody's hearing this and thinking, do you know what, that's actually what's going on in my situation, that's actually what my partner is like, that they perhaps would ring up and, and ask for help, because, um, you know, I think that, that we're only going to get better as we as people are calling us and we can support them better. Natalie Collins, I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. David, how long is this campaign going to run for? This one's going throughout the month of May, but as far as I'm concerned, it runs forever because, uh, uh, as Natalie has rightly said, it's actually about all of us. It's not about actually just the police. It's not about uh, these great stores who are doing it. It's about all of us. The very fact that we're talking about it today is really important because there will be someone who's been thinking to themselves, yes, that is that controlling behaviour. I urge them either to dial 101 or 08088088, which is the Sunflower Centre. Get in contact. We want to help. David, while I've got you on, it would be remiss of me not to ask. Last week, uh, Ollie Martins, your contemporary, had his pants taken down and his bottom spanked by the electorate when they voted uh, a massive no to his suggestion of paying a little bit more council tax towards the police. What are your thoughts on that? Well, what an image you've put in my mind. Um, my pleasure. So, <laughs> uh, um, I, clearly, the great thing about this is that uh, it's been very democratic. Um, there's been a clear steer given by the people of Bedfordshire to Ollie around what he's like to do. Of course, in Hertfordshire, I'm lucky enough, uh, fortunate enough, or uh, perhaps just well-planned that I haven't yet um, put up uh, council tax and don't intend doing it next year, so we're in a very different position. How are you managing to do that, and, and, and uh, Ollie Martins is struggling? We uh, start at different positions, um, and uh, you know I've been involved for many years in the police authority. It has always been uh, very well run. It's uh, it's well funded. We do have money in reserves, and we um, we have a, a sole purpose, which is to uh, work effectively and efficiently. And I think that has meant that uh, we're able to get to the point that we don't have to increase council tax. For me, that's the the last thing to do. That said, it wasn't a huge amount of money that Ollie was asking for. Um, from people, I think 
pence a week. Yeah. Um, so that did surprise me in many ways that people couldn't find that 50 it, pence it, a week. It cost him £600,000. If, if you'd have spent £600,000 in your position on nothing, would, would you stand down? Um, I, I haven't spent £600,000 on nothing, and therefore it's, 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 it's a question which I don't have to answer. <laughs> Very well done. David, nice to talk to you. Thank you. OK. Ta-ta, Thanks. David Lloyd there, the uh, uh, PCC, Police and Crime Commissioner for Hertfordshire, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. You can send us a text as well, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. And I've been meaning to talk all morning about a really weird kids' party. I'll tell you after this. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 London Road, there are queues because of an accident between Junction 5 for Watford and 4 for Edgware. The lanes have all been reopened, but it's still really slow. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's queuing from Junction 22 for St Albans to 15 for the M4. And it's also really slow on the M40 southbound, just after Junction 7 for the A40 at Tame. On the A1 southbound, there are queues approaching the Black Cat roundabout from the Kimbolton turn-off. And in Amersham on Plantation Road, that's been partially blocked by an accident at Green Lane involving two vehicles, which is causing it to be really busy in and around Amersham. On the Amersham Road, that's looking slow southbound from Longbottom Lane towards the A40 at London Road. As a result of that, Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, Sammy, nice one. So, last 30 minutes, we'll get Dealey on the air. When have you seen an old person swear? Pop stars or strop stars? Angry rock and rollers. And the, the, we were invited to the weirdest kids' party ever, and we, um... We boycotted it. I'll tell you why after this. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. New parking charges come into force in central Milton Keynes today. Centre workers have criticised a rise in the cost of employee permits. 11 men are due to stand trial at the Old Bailey today, accused of child sex abuse in Aylesbury. The men face a number of different charges, including child prostitution and rape. And David Cameron will use his first major speech since the election to underline government plans to expand seven-day services in the NHS. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. In the Premier League yesterday, Manchester United and Arsenal drew one all at Old Trafford. United manager Louis van Aal says he can't guarantee that keeper David De Gea will stay after being linked with a return to Spain to Real Madrid. Meanwhile, Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger says his side will secure third place and a Champions League group place if they can beat Sunderland on Wednesday. I think it would give us a serene summer because we play 55, 56 games, I think. So overall, when you have not to worry too much to be in the group, that's great as well because uh, it is remarkable uh, how we turn things around if you look at uh, October November and uh, you know people wouldn't have believed that we were capable to do that earlier Manchester City won 4-2 at Swansea to guarantee a top three finish tonight champions Chelsea visit West Brom Bristol Rovers beat Grimsby on penalties to win the conference playoff final at Wembley former Luton player Lee Mansell scored the winning spot kick as Rovers secured an immediate return to the Football League 
Rory McIlroy has won the PGA event in North Carolina by seven strokes, setting a new tournament record. The world number one finished 21 under par. Here's Ian Carter. This was McIlroy's second win in his last three tournaments. It was a big-hitting masterclass with his Saturday 61, the bedrock, for what proved a seven-shot triumph, his second at Quail Hollow. Despite not winning the Masters, there's no doubt that he is the commanding world number one. His closing 69 left him 21 under par, and now he heads to Wentworth to defend the BMW PGA Championship that he won 12 months ago. In athletics, Milton Keynes long jumper Greg Rutherford was seventh in yesterday's Diamond League meeting in Shanghai after four successive no jumps. And in Speedway's knockout cup, Rye House beat Workington 60-30 yesterday, sending the Hertfordshire side through 99-81 on aggregate. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. I've got boys, they're five and three. Went to an excellent one on Saturday. Um, it was this kind of the big sort of hall and there was a, a lawn outside and there were two bouncy castles, a Ben 10 one and a princess one and the boys were loving it and then there was a magician and there was a little disco and there were party games and there were sweets and there was stuff and there was food and it was great. It was wonderful. It was fantastic. 
And then my wife said, well, we've been invited to another party tomorrow, but I don't want to go. I said, well, why not, you miserable so-and-so? She said, well, <clears throat> all the kids are being encouraged to dress up... <laughs> All the kids are being encouraged to dress up in camouflage uh. and run around with Nerf guns. Oh. Now, <clears throat> I don't mind the odd... You know, Nerf gun, I don't mind uh, a bit of that, but a military-themed birthday party for five-year-olds. <laughs> that is that is weird, isn't it? That's yeah. an odd thing. I mean, we, we, there have been fairy birthday parties and there have been superhero birthday parties and there have been spooky spooky birthday parties. But a military themed birthday party for five year olds? Pirates and princesses is kind of standard. Well, yeah! No, I've never had to um, camo up for one. I mean, it's just uh, and um, I said, yeah do you know what? I don't fancy that either. And apparently loads of parents were boycotted. Now, is that some horrible middle class? No, it's not. I'm going to say that's some horrible middle class thing to boycott that. But no, it's a, we it's a weird party to throw for five-year-olds. It's a weird party to throw for, for any kids. Isn't it? Or is that me being a little bit oversensitive? Let's get the voice of reason. Someone who deals in fact, not fiction. Certainly doesn't do a show about Adolf Hitler. It's Justin Dealey. Good morning, boss. Good morning, Justin. How are we? Uh, we boycotted a birthday party for five-year-olds because the kids were being encouraged to dress up in camouflage and run around with Nerf guns. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you did the right thing there. It's, that is weird, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, a bit too forced for my liking, that one. A bit too? Forced. You, that's not what you said. Forced. You said force. No, forced. You said force. No, I said forced. You said force. OK, I said forced. You said force. Just let things happen naturally. Go to the party, you know, forget all this dressing up. Just go along and have fun. Why do you need to do all that, you know? Well, they are five. Yes. You do need to kind of have, you know, you, you can't just... It's not like adults when you say, yeah. we're going to have a party, yeah. I'm going to put yeah. some music on and just bring some booze. Well, what... what? <laughs> Put a bit of bros on, you know, bring some cakes along, get some Coca-Cola, and away you go. Yeah, but you've got to have a theme. Do you, though? Well, you've got, to have, you've got to have something planned for two hours, yeah. And the great thing about kids' parties, and this is what adults should do, on the invitation it says the party starts at 3.30, the party finishes at 5.30. Mm. You've got a two-hour party. Yeah. Sweet as a nut. <laughs> and after, if you stay, you're allowed like five minutes grace. If you stay ten minutes past that, the parents come up and go, uh, really sorry, I've got to tidy up, could you go now? Yeah. Beautiful! Beautiful! Love it! I'll you know let what? you into a little secret, guys. Go when on, I was Jeff. younger, I used to hate these parties. I used to hate them so much. And I was quite a clever kid, to be fair. Mm. I've kind of, you know, spiralled downwards as the years have gone on. But I always used to make out that I wasn't feeling very well. So I got out of going to plenty of those boring, horrible kids' parties. Do you know what's great, though? When you get to s the kid gets to six, you just drop them off. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah. 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 I, like I like the kids, but I just spent two hours. This, this was great, right? Saturday afternoon, I was absolutely shattered. Uh, and I spent two hours sitting on a little bit of a hill watching my three-year-old bouncing around on a bouncy castle in the gorgeous sunshine. He wouldn't let me go. Daddy, stay there and watch me. Beautiful. I'll have some of that. <laughs> Did anybody talk to you? No. I went to a really unfriendly kids' party. Good. A while ago, and uh, yeah, not even a cup of tea. Normally, the dad gets sent round offering all the mums a cup of tea. I don't want to talk Nothing. to any. I don't want to talk to those people. <laughs> I don't want to talk. To those. I'm happy to sit there, watch my three-year-old bouncing around on a bouncy castle, nearly breaking his neck. Beautiful. <laughs> That'll do me. Great that, times. They're great times, Justin. Great, yeah. 
great, great times. Great bands. They never lay on any food for the parents either. So you're hovering over the nuggets thinking, don't eat that, don't eat oh, that. Oh, I got, I got as many crusts as I wanted. I was going around crust minesweeping. <laughs> I had so many crusts. Who cares about fillings when you've got crusts? Justin. Yes, boss. I can't remember. Oh, no, this came from, uh, let me read this this tweet from Scott. And we, we're you, Speaking of crusts and crumbs, we're using the word crumb instead of the strongest swear word of all time, OK? This was a, a tweet that I got from uh, from Scott, at Scott Balcony. One of those lucky Heather gypsy ladies... Really interesting way of spelling gypsy, doesn't matter. One of those lucky Heather gypsy ladies approached me the other day and I said, no thanks, I've just eaten. She cursed me and called me a crumb. <laughs> I don't know if an old lady has ever called you a crumb before, <laughs> but it hurts. Old people swearing, Justin. We've yeah. asked you to take this to the streets, and, and, and you've done that. I have, and to be fair, it's a bit of a niche market, this yes. one. Yes. yes, because a lot of pensioners have respect, and they don't call people crumbs on the streets. Um, so what I've done, I've been asking people, has a pensioner ever sworn at you before? But also, I've been talking to pensioners, asking them if they swear at people. Beautiful. Some incredible stories coming up here. Here's what the streets had to say. Madam, we're talking about pensioners swearing at people. Has a pensioner ever sworn at you before? Well, my daughter reckons that every time she comes from Houghton Regis and shops in Luton, there's always someone blatantly will come up to her and go... So you're a pensioner and you openly admit to, to swearing at people. When was the last time you, uh, you told somebody where to go? Uh, two weeks ago, in the pub. What happened? They just trying to take the mick. What, out of your age? Or? I out of everything. Where, where I come from as well. So be open. I'm being open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just. So what did you say you to him? You know, I said, you know where you can go, you off. So you come across a very aggressive pensioner recently um, who asked you for a, for a cigarette. You said no, and then suddenly you were abused. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not your normal, like, you know, blue rinse pensioner. It, it was, you know, you could tell he was drunk. I put this politely. You're a pensioner. Can you yes. confirm? Yes. Yes. Do you often swear at people? Oh yeah, yeah. When was the last time you swore at somebody? Yesterday. It's in my nature to swear. It was brought up like that. So and you don't feel guilty for swearing at people? Just randomly swearing at people? No. No. <laughs> no. 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 Pensioners on pensioners on buses. When the buses are late. Or they can't get a seat. So you used to be a driver then? I did, yes. Okay, so you <laughs> So how often were pensioners swearing at you? Every other day if their buses are late or we wouldn't let them on before half nine because they couldn't use their bus passes. And how bad was the what was the language? The, the worst possible? Yes. Very blue. Very blue indeed. Very blue. Mm. The, the phrase blue doesn't get used enough these days. No, it doesn't. But uh, clearly there, uh, a couple of pensioners that I spoke to, no problem swearing. <laughs> but on the whole, <laughs> on the whole, most people I spoke to, thankfully, didn't have a story to tell on this particular subject. Ever spoken to a stroppy pop star? Oh, yes. Yes, they lose plenty their, of they times. Lose, they're so full. Listen, guys, all you do is you sing catchy choruses. That's it. And they get so... I mean, like... I don't know if you heard the story I was talking about Paul McCartney earlier on. When uh, you remember when David Blaine was in that plastic box? Yeah, yeah. Paul McCartney turned up a bit worse for wear. It was about ten o'clock at night. It's a very famous story with a couple of mates and loads of press were there. And they went, "Oh, it's McCartney. Let's go." And go. Hey, Macca, give us a, give us the thumbs up. And Macca said in a slightly drunk state, "Why don't not tonight, lads? Why don't you all f off? I've come to see that crumb in that box."
Ooh. Beautiful. Yeah, the worst thing about pop stars, and I hate this, and you, you hear it all the time, that, let's just say, for argument's sake, Jason Donovan. Yeah. Okay, when I spoke to him, it was like, Jason, let's talk about some of your hits in the 80s when you started. What was it like working with yeah. Pete Waterman? Oh, no, that was then. Uh, this is now. Oh. I've got a new album out, and it's all new material that I've written. You think, hang on a second. Yeah. Let's not forget the past, Jace, because the past is why we're talking to you now, boss. Was Jace like that with you? He was, yeah. Because Jace was cool with me when I talked to him. I tell you, he was like that, was one, one of the bros. Oh. The one that isn't big in Las Vegas. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. He was a complete and utter crumb. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> I was interviewing him on Radio 4, right? And he had a new single out that, guess what, was rubbish. Yeah. And I'd, I'd written a really clever introduction about how he'd encouraged 13-year-old girls to put Grosh bottle tops on their laces. Uh. And as I was reading this introduction, his face fell, and he turned to his manager, who was through the glass, and mouthed, this is, uh, this is testicles. Is everything, you know, he said. Yeah. Right, and I thought... Right, up yours, Goss. Yeah. And I didn't, I spent the whole time talking about Bross, and he'd just been on a cooking show. And then right at the end, I went, Well, you've got a new single out as well. We haven't got time to talk about <laughs> it, but it comes out on Monday. Fair play. And then, and, then and then, fair play to him, I never got to be on that show again on Radio 4. So oh. he obviously complained. Wow. Yeah, there we go, you see. He's broken my heart, but uh, I like the story. It's a good story. Justin, thank you very much indeed. 08459. Four double five five double five. Last fifteen minutes of the show. Was I right not to send the kids to a military-themed party? Carpet Martin on uh, uh, on Twitter disagrees. He says, "I can't believe, can't believe you disrespect our troops by boycotting that party. You may as well paint swear words on the cenotaph." Gosh. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A5 southbound in Milton Keynes, there's been an accident at Lanes Blocks just after to Toaster Road. In Amersham on Plantation Road, that's still partially blocked at Green Lane because of re recovery work going on to a two-vehicle accident that happened there. On the A1 southbound, it's slow approaching the Black Cat roundabout from the Kimbolton turn-off. And on the M25, it's busy anti-clockwise between Junction 22 for St Albans and 15 for the M4. On the trains London Midland and Virgin Trains West Coast still have delays between Watford Junction and London Euston because of overhead line problems at South Hampstead. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 8.45. It's Monday the 18th of May. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. New parking charges come into force in central Milton Keynes today with centre workers criticising a rise in the cost of employee permits. Eleven men are due to stand trial at the Old Bailey accused of child sex abuse in Aylesbury. And David Cameron will today underline government plans to expand seven-day services in the NHS. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. A rather wet and windy start to the new week. If you haven't got the rain already, it is fast approaching. Some of us have, some of us haven't, but no one's going to get away with it. Some heavy bursts, 10 millimetres expected, and it's going to continue. We've got a gusty, squally wind accompanying it as well, so really quite miserable conditions, particularly out on the roads. Later on this afternoon, it's an improving picture, though. It should clear south and eastwards, and we should get some sunny spells. Maximum temperature today getting up to around 15 Celsius. Now, overnight tonight, we're hanging on to the breeze and still one or two showers possible as well. That's through this evening. The minimum temperature, therefore, not really cold. Six Celsius, so reasonably mild. Uh, for tomorrow, sunshine and showers is the story of the day. The showers, though, quite big and beefy, and we could get a bit of hail and thunder mixed in there. We're also still looking at quite a breeze as we head through Tuesday. Maximum temperature, 14 Celsius, and that's your forecast. 
Every weekday morning. Coming up at nine on the big phone in this morning. Is it a good idea to make jobless teenagers work for their benefits? How would you like this country to stand up to President Putin? Are you surprised to see British people being blatantly racist? The JVS Show. I think we've got to get over this issue about racism doesn't exist. It, it has existed. It will probably carry on existing. What I wanted to say is they've got this completely the wrong way around. You know, that, that, that is also true. That is also true. You will always get some, but they are such a minority. Oh, the man's a buffoon. Get him up, get him out of bed, give him a sense of purpose. The JVS Show. Do you think we have got to, as a country, start taking this issue more seriously? Every weekday morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey! Controversy. Controversy uh, for you. Now, uh, you know that sign? You know you get the red triangle signs, yeah. OK? And they mean there's, like, deer coming. But there wasn't there, there's one that's popped up somewhere that's got a horse and cart. Mm-hmm. Where is that? Somewhere near here, isn't it? Don't know, yeah. Um, well, the, the old people sign, which is two um, uh, uh, bent... Uh, let me rephrase that. Two uh, people with curved spines. Um, one looks like bod, and one looks like I don't know. And they've got a stick in there. And it means one elderly looks like people. Morph, yeah. and one looks like bod. And it's elderly people. And we all know that that's that's an elderly uh, thing. Right? Well, loads of pe- old people are upset by this sign. Since it was introduced in 1981, the elderly people road sign has got on people's nerves. What? What? Well, hang on a second. Well, I've just quest- let me just question something. Why do we need a sign to tell us that old people are around? We know there are old people around because it's the country. Because like deer and wildlife, they're erratic. Well. I guess is the assumption. They might do anything. Here's the uh, thing. Do you know how they got this sign? It was a, someone, a kid won a competition. That's nuts. Because the kids, you often see road signs saying, um, slow down to 20. And they're done by kids and they're absolute rubbish. It's like a picture of a snail. Yeah. But or, and they're rubbish. It's a reminder of no. the naive beauty makes me, of a children's... It makes me angry. It makes me want to drive faster to teach those little swats a lesson. Wow. Learn to draw properly. Since it was introduced in 1981, the elderly people road sign has got on people's nerves. The winner of a children's competition, it shows an aged couple hobbling across the road. Last year, the government's Tsar for the elderly, Dr Ross Altman... Oh, for crying out loud, it just makes you want to puke. ..said the sign should be banned altogether because it... Oh, for crying out loud. This is utter balls. Utter balls. Tell me why. Dr Ross Altman said the Ross, sign... Ross, it's a woman. It doesn't matter. Dr. Ross, well, you well. You wait till you hear the guff she comes out with. Dr. Ross Altman said the sign should be banned altogether because it puts off employers from hiring people over fifty. Oh, for you are only, having a laugh, Ross. Only if they work near a busy road. Jeez. How on earth does that put employers off? The reason they don't want to employ people over fifty is because they're old, not because of a sign. Because they expect decent payment. Now, as, oh, this makes me just want to eat my fingers. Go on, then. I, well, I'm, I, don't, I want to. Now, a series of designers has been commissioned to produce a cheerier series of options. How much is that? Oh, costing? let's not. Let's just trust people to cross the road properly. Why do we need a sign saying, oh, yeah, you need a sign for deer? You, I mean, you don't really... You don't, get, you don't often get a pensioner running out of a bush, getting halfway across the road, looking oh, at you coming, thinking, oh, what am I going to do, and then running straight into you. I saw the saddest thing on the M4 yesterday. It broke... Saturday, it broke my heart. Oh, God! 
I'm bombing down the M4 at illegal speed. Yeah. I'm on the proper the lane by the hard shoulder. There's a bush. Oh God! What do you know? What I saw walking out of the bush onto the hard shoulder, coming up to the edge of the motorway. Ducklings. A duck being followed by a dozen ducklings. No! Oh God, it was heartbreaking and I saw it and, I, and they were just just walking clueless. completely clueless and I um, uh, I, I, I was bibbing my horn to try and get them to turn around and they didn't and then a big lorry came by no. and the backdraft of the lorry caused the mum to take a step back Good. and in my uh, so that, then I lost sight of them in the rear view. And in my head, they turned around and went back in that bush. She would have led those ducklings to certain death. What was she thinking, this stupid duck? She's thinking about stale bread. Stupid duck! Some good news on crossing the road. Well, bad news for the animal in question. Yeah. But you know, the other day I came in and I said, oh, I should have turned around. There was a cat lying in the road. Yeah. It was all right, because on the way back, I, I saw the cat again. It wasn't a cat, it was a fox. Ah, says I'm right. Well, they live by the sword. Brian's in High Wycombe. Morning, Brian. Morning. What have you got for us, Brian? I don't know what people have got to worry about if uh, if it's only the sign, which I've always found abusive. I mean, I'm I'm getting towards that shape myself. Oh, really? I'm not old yet. I'm only eighty-one. Well, but, uh, Brian, may God bless you. Uh, do you do you find the sign patronising? I think that's the argument: is that it's patronising. <laughs> no, I've found it quite. I've always found it quite. Uh, Quite amusing, quite Why do we need a sign, Brian, to say that there's old people? We know there's old people around. It's, <laughs> it's the world. Well, there could be disabled people crossing the road, even snails crossing the road. Exactly. But, can you, know, you believe? Can you believe I saw a duck leading her ducklings, and they were going to cross the M4, the M4 of all motorways. Oh, we all stop for that, yeah. Well, do you know what? Some people do, don't they? In some part, do you remember there was a thing about in the eighties? They probably do it now, of where hedgehogs cross the road. Um, they would they would build tunnels, yeah, underneath the road for the hedgehogs to go under. Yeah, that's been done in this country. Yeah. It's only hedgehogs. I mean, who cares about hedgehogs really? Horrible little so and so. It's covered in fleas. Yeah, I, no, I do. I, uh, it's sad that we are losing the habitat that they like and we're losing the hedgehogs but uh, I haven't seen one in the garden for a couple of years They're now. very noisy hedgehogs aren't they? They make a real racket <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow oh. we're going to try and find the noisiest animal A, fo- a, a fox making love Oh it's a, and it, I'm going to use a horrible phrase It sounds like a baby being murdered It's the most atrocious noise ever I've got some DVDs you can borrow if you want Brian if you're into that kind yeah, of stuff I haven't heard that no? uh, okay. The only fox I've well, the fox I found was uh, clearing out a potting shed yeah. in the spring. I found a dead one, and that was not very pleasant. The only good fox is a dead fox, unless <laughs> it's... Uh, no, hang on. The only good fox is uh, James Fox. No, hang on a second. James Fox making love sounds like a baby being murdered. It's horrendous. I, I'll lend you those DVDs, Brian. You might, if you're into that kind of stuff, you, you might like it. I've got a hedgehog under my playhouse. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it sounds like it's soaring wood down there. I'm going to record it this afternoon if it does it again. Please it's an unruly do. sound. Please do. Tomorrow's show is, uh, the, is the world's noisiest animals, because some of them are outrageous. Outrageously loud, aren't they? Yeah. We've heard about the screaming frogs and the screaming moths, uh, noisy hedgehogs, and honestly, foxes having it away. Oh, it's it is horrible. The I'm glad they brought back. Hun- I'm glad they, they're bringing back hunting. They're bringing back hunting. Yeah. And I'm glad. Kelly. Mm? You glad about it? What are your thoughts on them bringing back hunting? No. No. Answer the question. 
What are your thoughts on bringing back hunting? No. Answer the question, young lady. What are your thoughts on bringing back hunting? I don't think they should. Oh, I'm so sorry. You were answering the question. That was your. No. I'm sorry. I thought you were being rude. No. What? No. You're confusing me. No. Right. What are your thoughts on bringing back hunting? No. I'm lost. I'm glad they're bringing it back. Stop saying that. What? No. Have we got any Texas? No. Yes. Would you like me to read this? Yeah, I would, no. please, mate. Kelly. No. Right, I'm turning her thing off now. She's gone, right? Shell says, this is about pensioners. We've, we've, we're, we're lingering around the pensioners section of the phone-in uh, well, library Well, it takes today. a long time to escape it, yes. Shell says, my mother-in-law doesn't swear. I'm assuming your mother-in-law's a pensioner. She might not be. My mother-in-law doesn't swear. She always tells her hobby off for swearing. She got in the car one day recently and banged her sore toe and shouted, Oh, sugar! Not oh. that, not oh sugar, the worst word. No. I couldn't help her for laughing because it was so unlike her, says Shell. It is hilarious when someone swears out of character, isn't it? What's the children crossing sign? Uh, little boy, little girl holding hands. Um, a series of designers has been commissioned to produce a cheerier series of options for the old people sign. Margaret Calvert, responsible for many of our road signs. <laughs> wow, imagine that. Mm. Including Men at Work, great band. <laughs> that looks like a man opening an umbrella. And Children Crossing, not such a great band. <laughs> but not the elderly people one, has come up with a sprightlier couple jauntily crossing the road hand in hand. Well, then they don't oh. need our help, do they? That's not an elderly couple, right? That's um, um, a pregnant woman, and that's the, the fella from Monopoly. That's the Monopoly guy. <laughs> and they're legging it across the road. You don't have to watch out for those guys. Calvert, born in 1936, says the Children Crossing sign was inspired by herself as a girl. Her new elderly people sign is based on her as a pensioner. Well, you're, go you're going out with Mr Monopoly? I don't think so, my darling. In your head. You're past it, I'm afraid, Calvert. Oh, who cares? Go and get... You know what I mean? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Take down all road signs. The roads should be nude. Anarchy. Yeah. No, 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 not Lord They But the roads should be new. We don't need all these. Why do we need a sign saying there aren't be old people crossing? We know there's old people. It's around. It's the world. There are old people in the world. There are kids. It's the world. We know, for goodness sake. But what about the lives that are at risk? Yeah, but, well... Okay. Nature's pruning shears? <laughs> do you know what? I censored myself there. That's the second time you've gone further than me today. Catherine wanted to get a texter on who'd sent a very rude text. I said, you can't get that person on. That's outrageous. No, 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 but it'll be them telling the story. No! No! Hey, good podcast this week, isn't it, Kels? Yeah. Did you listen? No, mate. But I'm in it. That's true. You always <laughs> are. So, I know. Last week's was really good as well. OK. He's in it a bit too much, if we're honest. If they want to get it, lots of people commenting on... Uh, I'd leave that phone call now. They, they, they'll have to they'll go through to... Uh, it's probably for Johnny. Yeah, exactly. Lots of people commenting on uh, Justin Dealey, mm -hmm. and um, we had plans for, for him on the street. Yep. Um, but he didn't want to take those plans up. If you want to hear what those plans were... Not safe for work. Um, then uh, go to iTunes and type in Ian Lee BBC and uh, you'll download the podcast. It's a corker this week. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
In Milton Keynes, there's been an accident on the A5 southbound just after Toaster Road, so there's a lane blocked because of that. In Amersham on Plantation Road, that's partially blocked by an accident at Green Lane, so there's recovery work going on, which is causing delays. And it's delayed on the A1 southbound approaching the Black Cat roundabout from Eaton Soken. On the M25, there are queues anti clockwise between junction 22 for St Albans and 15 for the M4. And the M40 is slow from the Denham roundabout out towards the M25, and there are queues building up there on the speed sensors. On the trains, London Midland and Virgin Trains West Coast still have delays between Watford Junction and London Euston. That's because of overhead line problems at South Hampstead. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. Tomorrow we're talking noisy animals. Oh, and if any of your pets can speak, please get in touch between six and seven down the rabbit hole. Thank you, Kelly, Catherine and Justin. Until tomorrow at six from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday, it's nine o'clock, and on today's big phone-in, do you have any sympathy for the drivers caught speeding on the M1? This morning, I want your calls on an investigation we've conducted on the JVS show into the number of people being fined on the M1 after failing to notice changes to the variable speed restrictions. Anyone who uses the M1 will know the gantry cameras often change, and you have to constantly check them to make sure you're not breaking the speed limit. Well, from the figures we've obtained from Bedfordshire Police, it would appear many drivers are either ignoring or missing changes to the speed limit and are therefore being fined. The most interesting thing about this whole investigation is that around half the people who have been fined were doing less than 70 miles an hour. And in some cases, drivers have been fined for doing as little as 56 miles per hour. Well, this morning I want to hear your reaction to this. Do you have any sympathy for the drivers caught speeding on the M1? Pick up the phone, come on and share your thoughts on 08459 455 555. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. You'll call in just a second, but first, let's get the latest BBC News. It's one minute past nine. Here's Simon Oxley. The headlines, 11 men to stand trial accused of Aylesbury child sex abuse, criticism of Milton Keynes parking charges and government defence plans for seven-day NHS. BBC Three Counties Radio. 11 men are due to stand trial at the Old Bailey today, accused of child sex abuse in Aylesbury. The